everybody, this is Random Channings episode 68. I'm Arlil Rodriguez, and my returning guest today is... Zachary Reynolds, Yay! here for the eighth time. Sixth time. <laughs> is it six time? Sixth is it time. Six? Are you sure it's not eight? No. Six time. Getting a strong or feeling seven. it was eight. Or Maybe seven. I'm going to say seven. We'll, we'll call Let's it Let's go even. with seven. Let's go with seven. Seven's a lucky number right. anyway, so we'll go with seven. Yeah. Sounds good. Yay! Seven wins. <laughs> seven, seven wins. Uh, yes, uh, Zach Reynolds from the DigiWatts and You Again web series has returned once again. Again? I've come back with a vengeance. <laughs> it, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I, I, I'm... I'm here. I don't know. <laughs> I I said this before the podcast. My my witticisms will get better as I go on. I swear. Yeah. No. We're just starting off. Just to... Actually, technically, we've been talking for about 25 minutes, but like we just started the episode. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so today, <laughs> actually, actually, uh, for the new listeners, uh, what is uh, what is Digiwatts? What is Digiwatts, Jack? Uh, uh, Digiwatts is my humble, small little let's play that I started up about a year ago with some uh, friends of mine. And uh, we've been we do uh, just gameplay pretty much any game I can get our hands on. It's very podcasty, very kind of like uh, if, if you've watched the game Grumps, we're very we're modeled essentially after them. Um, I'd like to think that we kind of take a different direction with our show a little bit as far as like I don't know, like we're we're different in a way. I mean, I, I can't pinpoint why or how, but we're different. But. Uh, <laughs> No, it, it's it, it started as just a humble little project, and then we were up to at we're up to I think the last time I talked to you, we were like 170 subs, and now we're up to 224. Excellent. So we're going up slowly, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you can find us on YouTube, uh, Digiwuts D I G I W U T S, uh, and uh, yeah, check it out. We say some funny things. <laughs> very, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, uh, and today we're um, well, Zach has been on the show many times, and usually we talk about video games because about that's ten what times we know. I've been on the show about ten times, <laughs> <you know. laughs> ten times, hundred times. Uh, yeah. Zach has actually been my only guest. Every guest that you've heard that you think is actually someone different, it's actually Zach. But he's, his voice, he's pitched he's pitched his voice differently though. I'm very talented at voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about a genre of video games that we really really enjoy. Uh, we're going to talk about role-playing games, RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's probably the it's probably the genre that got me initially into games as a kid. Uh, uh, personally, like uh, I, most of the games that hold near and dear to me that it still stick with me at the ripe age of thirty, even today, are just RPGs that I played as a kid. Those are the ones that I kind of encapsulated myself in, and uh, those are those are the games that kind of give me all the members. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, and like we, and I've mentioned this many times before on your show, like a Chrono Trigger's up there for me, Secret of Man is up there for me, yeah. Uh, any of the Final Fantasies, um, so uh, except for Mystic Quest, that game fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Was that a Game Boy game? No, it's a Super Nintendo game. Uh, Final oh, Fantasy huh. Mystic, Mystic Quest. Don't waste your money on it. I bought it for the sheer sake of novelty and having it on my shelf. Yeah, you can legitimately just press A over and over and over again and beat the game. It is so. It it, it was essentially. Japan's, they wanted to make Final Fantasy like for Americans, and so they super dumbed it down because apparently mm. we were we're too dumb and we couldn't <laughs> handle. It. And so they they gave us like I, an an etch a sketch had more complexity than this game did. It was so, it was it's just a bad game. I bought it at uh, last year's Comic Con just so I'm like, oh, this game sucks. I'm buying it. 
yeah. and uh, p- played through it, and I beat it probably within like a day, and I didn't really break a you don't break a sweat at all. It's just it's like go to go find the magical sword, walk through the door. There's the sword, <laughs> <laughs> and that's missed. That's missed a quest in a nutshell. It's garbage. It's a piece of garbage. Right, so. Okay. Um, is it? But is it? Is there like a spiritual sequel to it, or is that? A, is that like in the Mana series, or am I thinking of something else? Uh, Mystic Quest is uh, Final Fantasy. It, it's a it's a Final Fantasy game. Uh, I think it's directly related to the Final Fantasies in some way, but I think it's kind of like the one Nintendo doesn't like to talk about too much. Yeah, you know, like uh, kind of that little brother that eats fish heads that you keep under the <laughs> stairs, like Harry Potter stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the Final Fantasy franchise is the uh, Dursleys, and <laughs> Mystic Quest is Harry Potter, except not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's what you mean. Um, I guess, but let's before before we go into specific games or even specific series, let's um, talk a little bit about what RPGs are for those who don't know. Um, so, I guess from the very basic example of the earliest RPGs we can think of, like we're thinking of the very first Final Fantasy on the NES, or like even Dragon Quest, I was. I know that's the name of the series, but I, it sounds sounds like fake to me. Like it is Dragon Quest, right? Yeah, it's Dragon Quest, and then there's just straight up adventure where you were literally <laughs> a square. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, but like in those games, you you play as this character. Usually, it's in the fantasy setting. Although there's been RPGs of different types, we'll get into those. Um, but what I guess what makes RPGs different from other types of video games is that, especially in those early examples. When you go into a battle, one, the battle, you walk into this overworld area, and then a battle sequence will just kind of appear. It's like, whoa, oh my god, it's an enemy. And then you get this menu set up, um, and then you can choose what your attack is. And usually, I'm assuming that in these types of games, the early versions at least, that the animations were very limited, so it's kind of like just a flash or something. Yeah. Um, so there's many variations of the RPG. Um, like I said, we'll get into those specifically, but I kind of just want to start... With those two, because those are the most well-known examples of the RPG. At least when someone thinks of an RPG or, or a role-playing game, those are the first examples they think of. Yeah, the turn-based battle system and everything. Is that kind yeah, of what you're Yeah, that's getting... right. That's right. That's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, I mean, that was the basic, basic one. I actually, I actually have a copy of the first Final Fantasy on my shelf. Um, and it's very, that's what it was. You start, you pick your team, and uh, you don't really get told anything. You just walk to the open world, and all of a sudden you're fighting bunch of goblins and the yeah and like I, I feel like those early ones like I, and, well especially now since rpgs are starting to kind of games are getting te- more and more easy because people don't like challenge nowadays but if the yeah, first sort of i don't know the first final fantasy was freaking hard like mm. for me it was hard like if you wandered like if, if a battle you you could get just the floor wiped with you, not even ten feet from the starting castle area. Yeah. And unless you go equip and do everything, it was just a very hard game, in my opinion. Yeah. But I feel like uh, there are certain uh, Final Fantasies in the franchise. I think what was it? Final Fantasy uh, wasn't was it thirteen? What was lightning in it? Yes. That game was easy. Like. <laughs> Way easy. Like can, I remember playing. I'm like the older ones are much much harder than this garbage. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I like I don't know. That that's just like my uh, opinion. Like my super non important opinion. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, uh, uh, before we jump super far ahead to those Final Fantasies, because it is interesting to see what what direction the Final Fantasies have taken. Um, have you you have you actually played the original Final Fantasy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you played the original Dra- Dragon Quest? 
No, I haven't played the original Dragon Quest, but I have played the original Final Fantasy. So, yes, I guess what do you, what do you um what do you think about? I mean, the the, the direction because I mean we can even jump if we wanted to in terms of just progression from that Dragon Quest to uh, pff, fucking Final Fantasy from that from the first Final Fantasy to the ones that came out on SNES. I mean, um, I I, I don't know uh, if you want to talk about any of this, those types of differences between. The earlier, the, the earlier, yeah, I versions mean, and the six like, good ones. I feel like they, well, I feel like they uh, essentially from the first one on to like when you go into uh, uh, essentially uh, like God, the, the numbers of Final Fantasy this day always mess with me. <laughs> Final Fantasy three, which is also Final Fan, which is Final Fantasy six to us. Final Fantasy five, which is Final Fantasy two to us. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you jump, like we'll just go straight to Final Fantasy five. Uh, I felt like they took the system and took like the character development and the. Uh, the turn-based combat and improved on it like massively it was like okay we learned the system and then they brought a whole bunch of other aspects into it like uh, more variety of spells and then when they jump over to number six uh they were like not only graphically the the game was more impressive like like it was more like i still have the original copy not only was it more impressive it was also a matter of i felt like they had a better way of like comboing and like that they super effective like things are strong and weak against things and i felt like that was a huge jump but I felt like the biggest jump, for me at least, for I mean, because like a lot of kids, the first time I really, really heavily got into Final Fantasy is when Final Fantasy VII came out. That's right, yes. Yeah, and I feel like that's a lot of people's first Final Fantasy. Um, but uh, what blew my mind about that one is not only do the spells and the casting, the materia system. I feel like every time that they make a new one, their magic system develops nine times out of ten in a better way. Yeah. In my opinion. Uh so I feel like from like five to six to seven, it, it exponentially got better, especially compared to what one was, where it's essentially just like fire, pure, <laughs> fire too, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I like uh, from uh, five to seven, I thought there was nothing but improvements. But then Final Fantasy VIII came out, and this is just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> this is just my opinion again. Go for it. Go for it. I, go for it. I, I go for the it. junction. I thought the junction system was way too stupid like way too for my stupid brain it was it was too much for me to understand the junction system at the time yeah uh and then uh final fantasy 8 just became super 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 summon heavy where all you do is just summon things and you just watch this and you're essentially watching the same cutscene of the a bahamut or a free over and over and over (laughs) and over and over and over and over again so that was my beef with the eight with eight but yeah yeah I mean, what, what, what's your take on it, like, as far as, like, the improvements go? Well, that's the thing. I've never played any Final Fantasy oh, games. What? Yeah. you never played any Not one. Not, Not one. Aw, oh, dude. Uh, I envy you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you gotta go, go find a... Co- go, go onto Steam, download Final Fantasy VI. They have an awesome emulator of it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, fi- uh, Final Fantasy VI, at least... At least play that one to start out with. It, it'll blow your fucking mind. It has some of the best music ever. Uh, it, it's amazing. Please check it out. <laughs> Please. I, and no, do it. I, I will. I will. But I wanted to wait until the, this this SNS Classic came out to. to That's right. Out. You're gonna get one of those. I hope I get one of those. The pre-orders haven't opened up yet, and I'm currently yeah. poor. So. My <laughs> world. There we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, but as far as like the combat system goes, I well, and me being thirty now, and me like, and, and I don't know. Looking back on those older games, I mean, yeah, they're good, 
But uh, I find myself, even if I go and revisit them, uh, like I revisited Final Fantasy VI uh, not but three weeks ago, and uh, I just popped my cartridge into my Super Nintendo, and I was just like, yeah, I'll play this. And again, instant nostalgia. Yeah. Music is awesome. Games, they ran just a lot slower. You know, thing, like I, I feel like as we've grown up and uh, as our society speeds up in time, like uh, they uh, things that were normal for us back then, like would seem like pretty legit back then, I think people would lose a lot of patience with it nowadays. I think you're right, uh, yeah. Um, uh, if you download Final Fantasy VII, on like the PlayStation Network, because uh, they have it on the network, they actually have options that you could fast forward the gameplay and fast forward things, oh, wow. and, and, which is cool and everything. But at the same time, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit when I do that. But uh, <laughs> how, how is that cheating, though? Uh, I don't know. I, I felt like as a kid, I had to sit through all this text. Why? Why do? I, why? Why do I get to skip it now? I don't know. <laughs> Call it an antiquated sense of justice. But uh, no, I like. I feel. I feel like honestly. Uh, if if a lot of people were to pick it up, especially like uh, a, a generation younger than me were to pick it up, a lot of them would either – I think it would go two ways. They'd either A, really appreciate it or B, think it's boring and it's too slow for their taste and, oh, no, I have to read? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an important thing to, to point out about RPGs that we didn't quite – Actually, something that was really novel about them, especially when they came out originally, was that they were the most they were more narrative focused than any other game uh, at the time. Not even like for Super Nintendo, but also for NES. Because like when you think of Super Mario Brothers, it's just like oh, just, just you're this fat plumber. Uh, that's really mean to Mario. You're 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 this plumber, and you're just running from left to right, and that's the objective. The story is you're trying to save the princess. But in I don't exactly know the story of the first Final Fantasy, but like it's a more like there's characters, there's a situation, there's a plot, there's you know. The, you know, the, the same the things you would... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, alongside with that is, you know, the dialogue box is like getting to talk to all these NPCs, non-playable characters, uh, for those who don't know, and getting a little piece of, you know, their story. Although, in some RPGs, if they don't give a shit, they'll just say boring stuff like, I don't know, go to the merchant over here, or I don't know, they just have no personality. They just... I really like wearing shorts. They're really comfy when I walk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that's for Pokemon. We will get to Pokemon. Don't worry, everyone. I didn't forget about Pokemon. <laughs> we did an episode about Pokemon already, but I might as well, because we're talking about RPGs, we'll talk about Pokemon. But, yeah. um, like, that was huge, though, um, to have a game that had that much story. And, yes, a lot of words. Yes, sometimes. And you can only feel the length of those words if you really, really don't feel invested in the story. And I've, I've in, in some instances, when I'm trying to replay a game because, one, either my save file gets corrupted or some crazy shit happens and I just lose my save file... I do kind of feel that drag when I'm trying to just skip through it and just get to the battles and just trying to advance through it. But, like, that's only if I'm trying to speed run the game. But, like, the first time I experienced it, I do try to absorb all the lore and I try to get some some appreciation for the characters. And beyond beyond just the fact that, you know, like, the, these games come from Japan. So the localization for that, which is nothing what it is now. Like, now, like, localization, it's a much bigger effort. It's like, there's a lot more effort goes into it to make sure that that, you know that the story makes sense for the audience that the game's going to be sent to because now I'm Sonic Mania is just an example. I only mention this because it's a recent game and I love it. Um, Sonic Mania. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to bring up Sonic again during a podcast with Zach. But yeah, just briefly. Um, but they have <laughs> localization just for the menus of like this French, this Japanese. In the old game, in the old days, you didn't really have that. Um, it would maybe even like, in, like in a different country, uh, and I guess I'm just using the U.S. as an example. The game would come out a year later after it came out in Japan, and that's because of how much translation had to go into it. 
And I'm sure there's a lot of stories, great stories I've been online. I think Legends of Localization, not exactly about that exactly, but more like just about the differences between the changes that happen from localizing a game to from one region to another region. But it, it, it was like probably like four people or five people working on translating the Japanese to English or to any other language. And it's yeah. Just, yeah. And a lot of and a lot of times they would not come out accurate. Like it, a lot yes, of exactly. Yeah. Like, I think Ninja Gaiden is one of the best examples of localization. If you uh, look at, like, uh, some of the dialogue at the beginning, and the, like, the, the, it's one of the first games that actually had cutscenes in it. So, yes. uh, so like, some of the dialogue, the translation is, like, so bad. And it's just like, <laughs> where have you been? And Ben is spelled, like, B-E-N, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. But uh, yeah. no, no, they actually uh, like I'm, I'm actually pleased to see that they actually they, a lot more effort goes into it as opposed to like Trent from accounting getting a hold of it. And yes, exactly. He's like, I took Japanese in high school. I got this, you know. And, <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah. So, it, yeah, th things are definitely different now. And uh, and uh, I, I feel I, I feel like uh, that. I mean, because I mean, you definitely hear a bunch of stories of how much the dialogue changes because the U.S. audience uh, in the ES ESRB is, is like a lot more. Well, it's, it depends on how sensitive the American culture is compared to like the Japanese culture. And That's right. Yes. I feel I feel like I feel like a lot. We we get a lot more of a uh, censored shit. Yeah. yeah. That comes through and uh, and I don't know. I've 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 become pretty desensitized to everything. But uh, <laughs> no one little team Timmy to see that di digital the pixelated woman in a bikini. You know. It's, yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's it's a weird industry, especially for the RPG genre. And and if you actually read the direct translations in some of the uh, in some of uh, like the scripting of the game, uh, it doesn't make any sense in American. Yes. So they have to rewrite a lot of things too. So, like the Chrono Trigger that was released in Japan, probably a completely different plotline. Um, I don't know. Or at least like uh, there's a, probably going to be like some certain details, like jokes. There's like something that I've noticed when we're not watching anime that sometimes there's jokes about like writing a Japanese character that you couldn't. There's nothing like that in English, so jokes like that or you know just you know yeah. that kind of thing that needs to be kept into into account. Um, mm -hmm. It's also worth mentioning though because this game is in terms of bad translation or just really bad localization. Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest. That was the game, um, and we we also talked about Zelda Two. Uh, a couple months ago, um, but I'll, I'll highlight this one specifically because that was a game that was influenced by RPG elements, and I think this was at a time when people were trying to figure out, like, okay, what do we do for the second game? But also, how do we extend the gameplay? How do we say, how do we make it more meaningful to have, you know, a bigger, longer game or something? And Simon's Quest didn't do it the right way. Um, like I said, you talk to talk to townspeople in a sort of hub world, but it's like a two D hub world rather than like the like the more recognizable 3D yeah. overworld in RPGs, and it's they don't tell you what you. They did a lot of things wrong with Simon Quest, like uh, a lot of things wrong. Um, I felt <laughs> like, yeah, well, I feel like they essentially uh, with Simon's Quest, I, and uh, an Ego Raptor mentioned this in his video in one of his, his sequel items to it. They uh, the uh, it's a lot of grinding, you know, and yeah. the perception of uh, grinding and t giving time gives you the perception of you're accomplishing something when in reality you're not. Yeah. Uh, and which miffs me a lot about games and which is personally why I really haven't played Simon's Quest. I think it's boring. You know, yeah. it's 
if I want to do the same task over and over again, I'd buy, I'd buy like Candy Crush or something like that. I may as well just get a mobile app. <laughs> do the same thing over to get some fun points, so I can buy I can buy the different skin of this, and then I get more fun points, and then I drop a hundred dollars. It's just it's grinding, you know. It's <laughs> it's and that's part that's part of the reason I fell away from a lot of MMOs too, which we'll yeah. get into that. I'm sure we'll talk about MMOs in a bit, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, other parts of RPGs that kind of have have been pretty much like staples of the genre but i know i guess some people could definitely find faults with it and i think eagle raptor definitely has talked about this before um grinding is a big issue in rpgs when Mm -hmm. you think that it's sometimes you think oh i have the right strategy i have the right spells or the right attacks or something or i've just equipped the right with the weapons and i've leveled up just enough um leveling up and basically i mean it's what it sounds like you go from one level to another level certain stats that you have they get better and depending on the game it's like attack your attack goes up, or your the health points, or how much health you have, that goes up as well. In some games, uh, mother, the original Mother, as an example, and I have I've never played it, but I know this is something I've heard in reviews. I'll, I'll talk about the other two Mother games maybe in the second segment. Um, but in the original Mother, there's a problem of the game being extremely hard, and how grinding, grinding basically, you just have to kill the smaller enemies or the some of the bigger enemies, but to level up and to level up beyond what maybe you. You can't really tell like what's the right amount to level up unless you play the game like millions of times. Like Zach, I'm sure from playing Chrono Trigger that you probably know exactly what the optimal level is for every location you get to. Well, yeah, I, I do. Uh, but but the thing but the thing about Chrono Trigger though is Chrono Trigger as like if you are not running around from if you're not running away from any encounters like if you actually fight in every single encounter you hit if you're not running away from boss like uh, just trash mobs and everything uh, then the game is so perfectly spaced out with itself that just naturally progressing with the storyline, you do not have to grind at all, like wow. at all. The, the the developers were really smart about it. You can progress through the storyline. I mean, yeah, you'll have an easier time if you grind a little bit, but you're yeah. not required to. You're not going to get wiped. You're not going to encounter the guy who's just way too powerful for you, full for you, unless it's actually written into the game. Right. Like there is yeah. spoiler spoiler alert. There's something that happens in the game. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you if you, I mean, you can't. I know exactly where I, I personally would like to be. Like uh, before I uh, leave the Mount, uh, I think it's like Mount Pyre or something like that. The Mount, the floating mountain. Uh, in the That's right. City. Before I fight that boss, I want Chrono to have Luminaire by that point. Like I just he makes that boss it makes that boss fight so much easier. So I usually grind a little bit right there so I can get Luminaire for Chrono. But other than that, I, I really don't grind in the game. I it, that's just one of the. That's part of the reason I hold it in such high praise because it's such a masterpiece that developers thought like, okay, they don't have to waste their time. They don't have to do this. They can just play straight through and get all the key bullet points and learn the plot and they won't run into any problems. I mean, it'll still be challenging, but yeah, I mean, you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying about that. I mean, yeah, no, that's something I noticed in the times I've tried replaying Chrono Trigger and I'm going to probably play it again before the SNS Classic comes out. Um, that how I noticed how if I at least know like what the weakness of a boss is, or if I just re- memorize that, then everything else is not too bad, and my progression usually does feel pretty fair, and I feel like I don't usually have an unfair death. Yeah, um, I, I do definitely, I do definitely sense that, and I think that's a problem in some RPGs, and probably why people get turned off, turned off from the genre, is that they do encounter one boss that's a really dickish boss that you fucking hate, and I'll get to that when I talk about the mother games. Um, that it just frustrates you, and you're just like, I don't want to play this anymore. It was like this, does, it feels unfair. It feels like. I'm being fucking, cheated. Fucking Maester Seymour on the Ronso Mountain. 
Final Fantasy X. I <laughs> dropped that game after that. After that, I, I fought that guy so many times, and I don't even want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Maester Seymour. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's it's Final Fantasy X, the first voice acted Final Fantasy ever made. Oh uh, yes, I I can tell. With, with the meme, the Titus laugh. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the game itself was really fun. It was just, it was cheesy and campy. Yeah. Um, but to get back to Cruncher, uh, do you, uh, real quick, uh, uh, do you know how long the actual main quest is? Like, how many hours I it actually is? I'm guessing at least 15, 20 hours? It's 17 hours, yeah. 17 hours, okay. It's only 17 hours long, uh, yeah. whereas a lot of Final Fantasies are going to be 25 to 30, you know? Or so even 40, 60. Well, 40 I've heard that for 60. Final Fantasy VI, which I'm, I'm preparing for, is that it's, it's a long, long game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's fun. It's fun, and the characters are fucking badass in it, so. But, uh, no, I, I, I just, that's part, like, I will, I could sit here and talk about Chrono Trigger for hours, uh, so we Might can Might as well. On. I mean, this is the RPG episode. It is the RPG episode. It's just so many <laughs> things were done so right uh, about that particular game as far as, like, to me, the, that's quintessential perfect RPG. It had a combat system that was not too complex. It wasn't, like, yeah, super complex, yeah. but it had depth and layers to it. Uh, there was strategy to it with the double text and the triple, triple text. The active combat was awesome in it, like the fact that the enemies could attack you in between turns, which that's is, right. like, amazing. And then on top of that, uh, the... Uh, uh, the, it was the first time where uh, it was the first game where New Game Plus was coined. And, really? Uh, yeah, Chrono Trigger was the very first game that uh, instilled New Game Plus. Ah, interesting. And that's why they may also made the main story so short. Uh, so when you did New Game Plus, you could work on getting all the endings uh, for it, which it has seventeen endings, sixteen endings, somewhere around there. So something like that, yeah. Yeah, all of them are awesome. So, yeah, that's actually worth mentioning uh, the active the active time battle system. That's what it's officially called, right? The active time battle, yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, and well, and the cool thing about that is at the very beginning of the game, you have the option to have active time battle or wait or waiting time battle. Like it gives you the option if you want it. So you yeah. don't have to, every, but you're you're kind of a daisy if you don't do active. So, <laughs> so anyway, you're you're about to say something. I, you might have to call me a daisy because I think I did chose. So waiting is that you have to wait for the gauge to go up, or is that active? Yeah, well, it means the enemies will not attack you while you're deciding in between. Oh, no, right, so I, d I did active. Uh, that's, yeah, a huge, that's a huge difference from regular RPGs, because before in an RPG, it's like you have your party, and depending on... Well, this might be Pokemon, though, so I might, miss, I, I might misspeak. But in some RPGs, if, if, you're, if, you're, if a character has an, a speed element or something about it, they'll usually attack first, and then the enemy will attack, or usually the party attacks, and then the enemy attacks. But in Chrono Trigger, you actually have to kind of strategize, okay... What magic move should I use here, or or is Chrono's? Uh, I don't remember all the characters. I apologize because I was okay. I was name them into like people I know in my family. So that's that's oh. I, that's that's what I usually do. Um, or if you turn into my live stream recently, yes, Chrono's that's right. Name is Butho. Butho, and uh, the robot was Bevo. Yeah, it's Bevo, Bevo. and then uh, I have a fraud, the fraud. My godson was watching. He's only two years old, and so he was watching me live stream, and so. Ran and like he wanted, like he said in the chat that my godson wanted to name frog sharks. sharks. I'm like, yeah, so his name is Sharks, and uh, I can't remember. Oh yeah, and then I named uh, Marley uh, her because when she says like, oh yeah, my name is Er dot dot dot. So we <laughs> so we named her Er dot dot dot. <laughs> uh. And uh, but uh, but uh, you were saying about the active combat, but uh, 
I, I, I cut you off. I'm really sorry about that. That was incredibly rude. No, um, you're good. You do that all the time. I don't even know. I know. That's incredibly that. rude. You finish. You finish. You finish. <laughs> There's more strategy to consider um, in terms of like what, what abilities other characters have um, and specifically like, oh, there's like the combo moves that we kind of mentioned briefly, like the two moves or three moves, that if you do that, those two characters aren't, are unactive. You can't really use them until their gauges go back up. So exactly. there's, there's a lot more thought that goes into it. And I do find, I think I do end up enjoying Chrono Trigger more than other RPGs I've played. And probably this will probably be the same when I eventually play Final Fantasy VI. Is it just feels like it just has like a great rhythm to it. And it just, it does go by really quickly. And that's something I do, I, I do appreciate about it. That's kind of already the reason I like the Mario RPG so much, but we'll, we'll get to those a little later. Oh, no, yeah, and uh, as far as, like, Chrono Trigger goes, it, it did something way different than the Final Fantasies. The uh, random uh, random, random encounter battles, they're gone. Like, you see the enemies. That's right. You, you can't avoid them if you want. And on top of that, it's not just two... It's a column of sprites of, like, goblins and this. The enemies are actually moving around, and they reposition themselves, like, on the battlefield. Yes. So, like, if they clump together, and they, you, you can... You can time it and wait. You can choose to wait until they all clump together and like hit all three of them, or you. Can, but it, by doing that, you risk them attacking you because they're still on. You're on active, right. or you can just try and take. It, it, there's just so much depth to the combat system for how simple it is, and yeah. and you get techs and abilities like right out the door. And then once you get your first double tech, like I remember when I first got X Strike, I was like, whoa! Yes. And uh, no, it was history from there. So. That's why. Uh, that's why. I mean, uh, that that's a probably a big reason why Crown Trigger holds a special part, like a place as far as me liking it, is you're not unexpectedly getting into battles, which sometimes it can be damn annoying. Right. You know, it's you're walking in the open world and you're like, come on, just got to get to the castle, got to get. Yep. <laughs> and then, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, let's let's transition now um, to another game that I'm ashamed that I have I've started but I haven't finished. Uh, Secret of Mana, actually, um, because that is a Square game, mm -hmm. um, and it has Square elements about it. It has that Square polish, but it is and it's an RPG, but it's a, it's kind of like a variant of the RPG genre, and that would only just continue to kind of kind of like keep getting like branches from a tree. Like there would be more different types of like action RPGs. Strategy RPGs, MMO, MMO RPGs, like we'll mention them a little bit. Um, and then Secret Man, I think, was the first one that I'm aware of. There, there might be other examples of the action RPG, but of a game that had a more active, uh, you know, type of combat, but still had the leveling up and still had the magic element to it. Um, it's 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 the big one that I know of uh, that did that. Like I, I'm no encyclopedia of video games. I just know about a lot about the ones I like. Yeah, uh, but uh, the the combat system in a uh, secret mana, uh, you actually have to use strategy and timing because uh, you can't just hack and slash like Diablo or, or, uh, or gauntlet legends. It's just constantly like you have to slice. And then it's like, you still have an act of gauge that's going out. Cause if you hit, take another hit, you could a stun them, but it'll do like no damage. And so it was all about timing and dodging. And it actually simulated like hat, like attack, then dodge attack, then dodge. It simulated it in yeah. a very almost crude way, but it was fun. Yeah. And uh, you have not beaten it yet, have you? Uh, no, it's okay if you have. It's a super long game, this is, too. Uh, I mean, this is where it's going to be like I'm actually kind of ashamed. Uh, we didn't. My brother and I, we played it like five years ago. We couldn't beat the first boss. Oh, well, and, and, that's, and that's the one beef I have with Secret of Mana. Uh, it is a little grindy. Sometimes you have to grind in it. Um, okay. Yeah, so 
the first boss was the, the praying mantis, right? Wasn't it this giant um, lion Plant? thing, I think? This giant what? Lion, I think it was. So some kind of well, cat a, the first, beast. The, the first one. Oh, yeah. The witch's castle. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the that's the second boss, I think. That's the second or oh, third. Okay. And... That's the second one. So, yeah, we uh, we essentially you have to be a little bit more prepared for the bosses on that one and, or okay. they will wreck your shit. And yeah, you have to just stock up on candies and 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 uh, chocolate bars and 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 because that's it, it, like I love that game because it does do something. It did do something different uh, for an RPG that I haven't seen. Right. Two players. Yes. <laughs> Two that players. is a big thing. That's a big thing. Yeah. It, it was awesome. Like the, you and your best friend could just go through this huge adventure together and it was 40 hours long and it was fun and it was a it, it was it was like an epic journey it was like two best friends take on the world kind of a yeah. thing and and that's what that's what that's what that game holds near and dear. i actually have that card i still have my original cartridge of that and chrono trigger sitting right nice. behind me on the shelf and uh no if you have if anybody hasn't played that game i highly recommend that yeah, it's it, it's classic yeah definitely I, I mean i think it's going to be is it's it's in the snes classic as well as final fantasy 6 which will be called final fantasy 3 on the package because you know it's the original release blah, blah. um yeah if you get if you can if you can't get the snes classic that'll give me an opportunity to play the game um <laughs> uh the way it was intended with an actual snes controller that's also part of the reason why i do want to get the snes classic because i do because i've never mm-hmm. held got a chance to hold those controllers like yeah it is a reproduction it's not the original controller but because like i uh, there's no secret i emulate games all the time you ever, you ever, you ever see one of these before i have so, seen them but i've never like actually sure? played I mean, this is a super I Nintendo. I know what control. it is, Zach. That's not what I meant. No, what I, I don't know. Maybe you didn't. Know what I meant. But, but uh, I never. I, because 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 since I went with Genesis, I never got a chance to play Super Nintendo games with the Super Nintendo controller. Either I played on the Wii Virtual Console or I emulated them. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you, uh, you emulated them. I emulated. <laughs> I might have. Uh, <laughs> Perverted them. <laughs> I illegally downloaded them, maybe. Hey, I, I didn't say that. I, I just said. Uh, anyway. No, sometimes, sometimes, no. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I would like to do the right thing, but I'm poor, so I, I don't have that option. Right now. Later in life, maybe, I, I, I'll do that. I bought Spike <laughs> Mania legally, so, hey, so I can have my hey, money. Hey, you never said it. You didn't and say I bought you did a shirt it. as well. Hey, you never you never said you did it. So yeah, this is true. It's true. <laughs> um, uh, like, like I mentioned before, though, um, I I did mention there's like different versions of the RPG uh, or like variants of the RPG. Um, I don't actually have an experience with MMOs. Uh, so Zach, do you want to jump in a little bit? Is what I mean? I'm guessing it was negative, but like what your problem is with MMO RPGs? You know, I don't really have a problem with them at all. Like uh, so, MMOs for those who who are tuning and don't know, I'm sure everybody knows. But uh, massive multiplayer online RPG. Yes. So essentially, uh, I love MMOs for the sheer fact of, which you don't really get in many MMOs nowadays. Uh, what made me fall in love with MMOs was they were immersive. Uh, There's community with the, generally whatever clan or guild you had. So you legitimately were logging in to hang out with your friends. Uh, some A good chunk of them you never met. Uh and uh, the immersion really, it, it was literally, especially back in that time, I was like 17 or 16, it was the closest thing that we had to like VR in a way. Yeah. Uh, in a very weird way, because I, I started playing MMOs uh, during the EverQuest saga. Uh, oh, that's right. Which, 
EverQuest was my first MMO, and I fell so in love with this game, and I fell so like I became so obsessed of it. Uh, like I would get up before school at like I would go to bed like my, I was supposed to go to bed at like nine o'clock at night. I would go to bed at eight, wake up an hour <laughs> earlier. Uh, instead of at five in the morning, I'd be up. I'd be up at like three or four in the morning with the full amount of sleep I had just to play a few hours of EverQuest. And I have uh, guild members from back then who I'm still friends with today. Nice. Uh, yeah, we we have our own Facebook page that we still chat with. It's like it's like it's like War Veterans Facebook page almost. <laughs> like, hey. I remember when we took on Nagafen? Oh, yes. And he dropped that rare, rare particle weapon. Oh, yes. Those were the days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we, we that's what we talk about. Uh, and they're, they're all from Denmark and they're all friend, like, wow. They're all, yeah, a good chunk of them are from Denmark. And I recently reconnected with all of them. And I was like, hey, you guys remember me? I was a snot, you know, I was a 16 year old. And they're like, oh, my God. You grow, you can grow a beard now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But uh, no, and, and so that was a sense of camaraderie and the immersion mixed with it and the falling in love with the world itself and the customization of the character, the fact that you could choose from 13 different races and 12 different classes and wow. really just be an individual in, in a way. That's what got me obsessed with it. Fast forward to now, which is being mostly dominated by World of Warcraft, right. which World of Warcraft, fucking awesome MMO, like really good. Not nearly as immersive, though. Like, they uh, took the MMO format and they turned it more of in a game as opposed to an experience, yeah. in my personal opinion. And that's, and again, like, people will disagree with me on that, but I will never be as immersed into World of Warcraft as I was with uh, EverQuest. Right. Um, and the uh, creator of EverQuest, Brad McQuaid, he actually uh, is making another game right now that's 100% on Kickstarter Ooh. that's modeled... Uh, that's taking a lot of aspects that players now want to see, but with the same immersion of EverQuest. That's called Pantheon, and uh, I'll alert you on the break. I'll have you look it up and check it out. But uh, okay. yeah, I, I've been following this game for about two years now, and I hope it. Like, I, I cannot wait for this game to come out. Like, I've been and I've been chatting with him on Facebook. I remember he responded to me for the first time on wow. Facebook. Yeah, like I, I like messaged him. I was like, "Hey, man, how's it going? Uh, you don't know me, but." Um, <laughs> I've played a lot of EverQuest, and I really love that game, and I have a lot of fond memories about it. And then I get a message back with, from like ten minutes later, and I was like, "Oh God, he talked to me." <laughs> yeah. So, if, so yeah, that that. So I, I don't hate MMOs. I, I don't like what mainstream MMOs have become. Right. Uh, and uh, the thing is, is then people will say to me like, "Well, Zach, Zach, in EverQuest, you had to grind a lot. You had to grind a lot." Yeah, that's true. I had to grind to get level up, and you had to get groups to get level up and everything. But at the same time, you're grouping with people, and you're having a conversation. That that was it for me, because while we were sitting there pulling monsters, waiting for mana breaks. and back Because back then, back then, you had to wait for 30 fucking minutes for your mana bar to regenerate. Wow, really? Like, yeah, it would take like 10, 10, about 10 minutes for your mana to fully recharge. And then wow. you'd have to like camp, camp mobs for about 13 hours. Sometimes they'd only spawn Jesus once every 24 Christ. hours. So uh, you would just see... Two or three people sitting in this area, just camping, just waiting for this the the, the ancient cyclops to spawn or something like that. And uh, but back then that was fun. Now it's not really acceptable. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, I I was perfectly fine with grinding in that game. But the progression in WoW was just I don't know. It really kind of turned me off. The yeah. farming where you had to farm things to get this and do this and do that, as opposed to like oh yeah you. In EverQuest, you stumble on this rare guy who only spawns once every 24 hours, and if you were one of the lucky bastards that happened to be in the right place at the right time, it was awesome, you know? And I, I don't know. 
Yeah. It, 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 I want to play EverQuest now. <laughs> <laughs> is it still like can you, can you still play it or is it like is it like um, off the grid now? No, it's still the, the game is still active. It's just very different now. Like I'd go back to a completely different game, but there is a uh, independent guy uh, who made his own EverQuest servers uh, on a, on this website, and it's called Project Ninety Nine. Yeah, and uh, you essentially can play the original EverQuest back when it was in its infancy in two thousand and one, two thousand two, back when it's it yeah the golden era of EverQuest. Yeah. So, so uh, if you like Google Project Ninety Nine, it's all the original servers, and a ton of people play on these servers. So yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them, but yeah. So I'll probably go back. I'll actually probably check that out. So very cool. Yeah, uh, I, I think I should mention why maybe I haven't played an MMO ever really, and, and it's yeah. it's mostly it's mostly just because of what stuff I'm kind of looking for. I I, I don't really like playing online. I, I I'm kind of afraid people. <laughs> um, I can't like communicating with people and that kind of thing. Like, and, and I also don't really. Um, I know this. People have had very positive experience with MMOs. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess, just the gameplay style just never really clicked with me. I know a lot of people like League of Legends. That's not exactly an MMO, an MMO, or like it's kind of an, no, it's more a strategy game. Anyway, that's just an example. Um, I don't know. Games like that just never really clicked with me. I kind of prefer narrative kind of games or like games that you know have clear objective. I don't know. And. I don't know why, like, in a small scale kind of thing, like, if it's just one game that has the same objectives, I'm fine with it, but, like, in a larger scale, it always seems like it's too big of a scope for me. I guess that's, yeah. I guess that's what I've been trying, that's what I was trying to say. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's, and I understand, like, uh, why people would be a little shy about that anyway, too. I Because, mean, I mean, the community, while for the most part it's really nice, but endgame community, they can be kind of dicks, you know? And yeah. And that that's always that's always turned me off about like raiding in a guild and everything like that, because uh, it went from uh, hey let's get together and have fun oh we fucked up well we'll try again another time you know that <laughs> that that was that, that, that but that was my guild in EverQuest I mean that was a, we it was like we weren't on each other's ass because we actually were all good players but if something fucks up nobody's gonna jump down your throat yeah exactly and I feel like and, well and you bring up League of, Le- League of Legends that community is just mean yes. straight up they are yes. just rude yes. mean. And it makes people who want to get interested in the game not want to play it. So I, I personally choose not to play it either. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not much of a competitive gamer anyway, so I really don't care. So... <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we would be remiss, and I think our listeners would be appropriately upset with us if we only mentioned uh, JRPGs. Um, so we can try to jump in uh, briefly into Western RPGs, which unfortunately I can't really talk too much about because I haven't actually really played many. I know of them. I know of The Witcher... Uh, Mass Effect and Skyrim, which I know you've actually played, so you can kind of jump in on about this. But yeah. there are like, th- there's like a difference in terms of not just the genre, in terms of just the scope of it, and in terms of kind of, I guess, kind of like the goals of a, of a, of a Western RPG compared to like to a JRPG. Um, but uh, Jack, if you want to jump in on um, to corroborate what I'm saying, because yeah, yeah, no, 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 I was just uh, like, I see, I'm being very. It's funny because I've been on your show like uh, 15 times and uh... <laughs> 15,000 times. <laughs> 15,000 times and uh, I like I, I'm trying to be more conscientious not to like interject too much because I, I have a tendency to do that sometimes so yeah if you if, if I ever if you ever feel like I'm not saying anything it's just because I'm trying to be polite so <laughs> I, can, I can see because this is the camera I can see you like okay okay jump in now okay now okay yeah yeah now. yeah because we rarely because now I actually have an internet connection that works in this new place and we can actually because before we couldn't do the camera so that's right yeah 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 so uh but uh no uh so Skyrim um well, the entire Elder Scrolls series, uh, fan- 
fucking fantastic. Morrowind was my first uh, Elder Scrolls game I ever played. Wow. Uh, there, like, there is something to say about Western RPGs uh, for sure. That uh, they, there's there's just something different about them. They're like, they they feel different than a JRPG. Yeah. Um, generally, JRPGs. I, I feel like as far as story, I, I think the main thing that makes it different for me is the storytelling in it. Yes. Where J- yes. Japanese, Japanese RPGs is usually about like crystals and uh, the the kingdom protects this crystal. Oh, bad guy shows up, steals it. Bad guy becomes god. Then you have to fight God or the devil and Traditionally, that's what a JRPG happens. Right. Uh, uh, but I feel like uh, the stu- like not that that's bad. Not that that's bad at all. I think that's uh, that's totally okay because yeah. I, I play a ton of JRPGs and I still and I think that story's fucking awesome. So uh, yeah. But uh, as far as like the storytelling goes, there's just something different about it. I feel like with the Western RPGs, as far as like the scope and the scale goes, like I mean, if I were to take I, it, it, like even Grand Theft Auto. That's yeah. a, that's a that's an RPG, you know. But it, it's it's definitely a different setting. It's definitely a bit more abrasive and in your face. Yeah. Whereas, uh, it, but it's like an open world and 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 just it's like a, it's an extended realism and like I feel like a lot of Western RPGs kind of take it to more extended realism and then you cross into like the fallouts and yeah, that's uh, right, that's right, that's in the, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, Fallout. Is, I love Fallout. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and like, I, I feel like uh, Western RPG kind of changes the scope a little bit. And I feel like, I feel like Japan has actually taken a little bit of a page from the Western RPGs book. Absolutely. Uh, Breath of the Wild is a big prime example of that. Like, I feel like I feel like Breath of the Wild has a ton of Western RPG elements in it. Like a ton, like the huge open world. Yeah. Uh, uh, just the gameplay, the storytelling aspect of it. The uh, I think it was I think Breath of the Wild was his first go at it, and I give Japan maybe about another four years, and their their RPG game is just going to be like insanity. Oh yes, like, absolutely. Because if that was if that was their first go at like Breath if Breath of the Wild was their first attempt at trying something new, just imagine what they're going to do in five years. It's, oh, I can't I can't wait for the sequel. It's I it, I super excited for what the future has to hold in that regard. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, I mean, that being said, like RPGs in general, I just feel I, I feel like, yeah, Western is much different than Japan, uh, Japanese uh, as far as like storytelling style and even gameplay style. But the core element is, is they both kind of accomplish the same thing. They immerse yes. you. Uh, and I feel like in the end, they do the same thing just in different gameplay values. And some people like the other one other more than the other. I personally think they're both kick ass and awesome. Yeah. Uh, personally, uh it just depends on what I'm in the mood for. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. So as someone who hasn't... I think we downloaded Mass Effect 2, my brother and I, and we just never, ever touched it. <laughs> what, what, are, what Western RPGs would you, rec- would you personally recommend? Uh, I mean, other than... I know Mass Effect 2 is great. I just... I don't know. It was... I, I hated Mass Effect. I didn't even finish Mass Effect 1. I hated it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like, if I had to wait in a fucking elevator one more time in that game, <laughs> like, it was... I, I, I got so fed up with that. Uh... <clears throat> Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, you played Skyrim, haven't you? I mean, no, uh, no, I've only I've only seen footage of it. No, oh, you played that, it. Pick it up, dude, and play it. Like, I mean, you have a Switch, so pick That's, it up. Yeah, it is. Oh my god, it's coming out on Switch, wow. and it's coming out in VR too. So, well, I don't have a VR headset, but uh, I will be eventually. I'm getting uh, the, by the end of the year, I'll have a PlayStation uh, VR headset. So nice. I'm gonna buy one. Pretty. I'm gonna nice. put some money. Uh, for it. Okay, Skyrim. I will definitely I'll definitely pick up that. that. Fallout. Like any of the Fallout's are gonna be awesome. Uh, Fallout Four was groundbreaking. Uh, I took all the good things, all the bad, the good, great things, and the bad things from Fallout Three. Just made it better. Uh, 
God, I'm trying to think of one. That I, I mean, have you played Grand Theft Auto Five at all? Like, or any of the Grand Theft Autos? Yeah, I've, I've, I've played. I think I have San Andreas. I can still have that. I have played Five. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, th- those are. I mean, unless you want me to get into like the weird ones, like if you haven't played any of the Saints Rose, like I'm. So, I know they're great, especially the the three and four are great. They're they're all great. They're just awesome. Like I mean, because I I feel like Grand Theft Auto is a series that kind of takes itself a little bit seriously. But Saints Row doesn't take its well way, so it has that kind of humor for doing it. And then uh, we haven't even started on this one yet either. Uh, now we have a, a, a completely new genre that's come out. Uh, thank you to like Borderlands. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the shooter RPG. And it, that when I played the first Borderlands, I played it about two years after it came out, and everybody was done playing it by the time I played it. Right. And so I wanted to play it with other people, and it was like, no, that's old news. I'm like, no, I want to play Borderlands now, <laughs> and. Uh, so you have that uh, like if you haven't played through any of the Borderlands, Borderlands Two is fantastic, and they're making a third one right now. Uh, and it, then that's, is that that's officially announced? It's officially announced. Yeah, they're 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 putting it together like right now as we speak. They're, awesome. They've done some test footage. They've already confirmed some of the old characters are coming back. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited for it. Awesome. Uh, and then you had okay. Then there was Destiny. Yes, the I think game. my brother, he he's, because Destiny 2 is coming out on PC, I think he's going to be getting that one. I'll probably get Destiny 2. I had a few problems with Destiny 1. Uh, it, it was grindy. It was yeah. doing the same thing over and over. It was fun the first bit, but then it was grindy. But if, if I were to recommend, if I, if I were to recommend one that I would definitely stand by, uh, play through the board, play through both the Borderlands. They're okay. so much fun. And the humor in the game is just very tongue-in-cheek and just parody and but it's just great. They're they're awesome, and they're cheap now too. So perfect. Um, well, as soon as I can get a better setup than my Mac, uh, I will definitely get those games. <laughs> well, Skyrim maybe will be on Switch, so if they don't have it at a ridiculous price, uh, I will get that because I heard because I, I, they just released the, the demo for Rayman Rayman Legends, and that's forty bucks. It's like that's a good price for a game that's really awesome, yeah. and that's it, it is like it's like Rayman Legends again, but at least it's like at this kind of price, so. Yeah. I'll, the, I'll see. I'll see. Um, we're probably getting that. Um, yeah. Uh, let's let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we come back, we're going to talk about <laughs> because there is a specific. I, I wouldn't even call this a genre of RPGs of its of within a genre like the Nintendo RPGs. We're going to start talking about some of those, and we'll in and, and if there's some favorite ones we didn't mention in the first segment, we'll bring up some of those as well. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. And we're back. Taking us back in is Omen from, from the Final Fantasy VI soundtrack, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. <laughs> Dude, 
you were the one who played the that. game. I thought you would say some. You would have something to say about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, we're gonna be talking about Pokemon eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to remind you that we're supposed to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> they didn't know you were gonna remind me that quickly, though. <laughs> I was afraid I'd forget. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Nobu Omatsu. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about him on another one of our podcasts that we did together. Yes, we did. Uh, I don't yeah. remember what the name of that episode was. Oh, no, it was just it was- VGM, VGM Appreciation Day. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah, that was super fun. That was a fun podcast. Yeah. I think by the end of that, like, I had a little too much whiskey in me, and I was just like, you don't even know. Yasutsuda is the greatest poser of all time. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just fell asleep, and I just kind of just waited. And I just kind of mimed his voice for the remainder of that recording. Also, our talented voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, let's talk about some Nintendo RPGs because I think um, I've mentioned this to guests before. I'm a Nintendo fanboy, and and any genre that I've <laughs> I've experienced, I've experienced usually through Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I go ahead, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm I, I'm just agreeing with you. I I, I'm the, I was the same way. I'm a huge Nintendo fanboy. I think. The Genesis did not have an avid uh, RPG scene, really. And uh, it was Shining Force, I think, was the only RPG they had. But and, I think that was Fantasy the most reputable one. Yeah, Fantasy I think Star, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but uh, other than that, no, it was straight up Nintendo all way. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, even during like when we were talking about the SNES earlier, the SNES had a huge collection of RPGs, even some from Nintendo themselves. Well, well, well I guess I guess we can go ahead and start out with this one. And then we'll go on to the uh, to one that I've actually played recently, um, Super Mario. Let's see if I remember. Sorry. Super Mario RPG: Legend of the Seven Stars. Yeah, really good game, right? Super fun. Like unexpectedly good. Like unexpectedly I thought it was going to be good. crap when I first played it, and I fell in love. And here's the thing: no Gino in any other game. Like he's he's never returned at all. That's true. I think it's I think it's an agreement with Square. I think or Square also owns them. I think that's the problem with that. That's stupid, Square. Stop being yeah. claws and give us give us Gino back. <laughs> he's like he's like the Spider Man of the Square Nintendo world. You know. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that game. I think I got it for Christmas, and I really didn't play it until like six months later, because I was like, "This looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play this game. There's no swords in it." <laughs> And uh, then I finally picked it up, and I fell in love with it. It was it's, it's well, just a really well put together game. And speaking of, uh, oh, did you want to ha- elaborate more on it though? I mean, yeah, did you yeah, because about, yeah. it was the first I think, um, not the first RPG I ever played, but I think it, it was the, the, my introduction to the, no, no, my introduction to Mario RPGs I think was Mario and Luigi, and I think I played Mario RPG, um, I think when it was on the Virtual Console, the Wii Virtual Console. I think it was actually the hundredth game released on the Wii Virtual Console. But I think the reason why I want to mention that one first is because that game is pretty much the the template for how the Mario RPGs have kind of sprouted. Like, things that were in that RPG are pretty much in every other Mario RPG. But it was also notable for being, when Nintendo decided they want to make an RPG, of course they tapped Square's shoulder and said, hey, you guys know how to make RPGs. Make us an RPG. Yeah. (laughs) So it wasn't Nintendo that made it. It was just just them asking Square to do it, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, well, I, mean, I think it was like I think it was super. It was supervised by, by Shigeru Miyamoto. I think it was that kind of agreement. Yeah. But it was like Square's best developers working on it, and the look of it was very different from other RPGs as well. Because in the ones we mentioned before, like Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy VI, um, and then you know the other games, 
um, from the earlier genre, the earlier generation, console generations. This game was, and this look doesn't didn't age as well. It was like isometric 3D models. Like it was as though they're well, like clay mo- Go ahead, go ahead, jump in. I was about to say that. Yeah, it was like they're clay. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, which which was a novel idea at its time, and of course it was kind of aping off. You know the whole thing about well, we already have the 3D model, so you wouldn't need to jump into the next console generation like the PlayStation, and like Donkey Kong Country also had like the faux 3D kind of look to it, and I think it was kind of Super Mario Pitch was kind of aping off that look, um, which I think is the maybe the only thing about that game that hasn't aged well is the look of it. I think maybe if it was redone, like like a Final Fantasy VII remake type of thing, but with this game, it could look mm-hmm. fucking beautiful, and they probably would play just as well. Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as like, uh, it's funny you bring up that uh, the claymation not holding up because those games really don't hold up, and uh, it's really funny because Donkey Kong Country was the game that essentially took Sega off level and uh, gave and took gave Nintendo back the mar- the market, and everybody's like, "This game looks amazing," and now you look back and you're like, "Oh, this hasn't aged well at all." You yeah, know? It, it's it's like that friend in high school that you see who's clearly done too many cigarettes and, and, who's had, and you're like Trent what happened and he's like 50 pounds like that's kind of what it is to me with that look yeah. of style you know yeah. and, and uh but the gameplay itself it's it still holds up in my opinion I ha- have a copy of it behind me so nice. it's yeah I uh I collect this those things and uh and uh I, I played it like maybe I, I played it like probably last year you know I booted it up again I haven't touched it since but yeah. uh the game still holds up, and it's fun, and the jumping aspect's still in it, and so you get the Mario-isms in it still. Yeah, and... yeah, that's what's... I mean, I'm, I'm sure that was, that was something they kept in mind, is like, this is a more this is a Mario RPG, so it should be a bit more active. It should still have the templates, because it is an RPG, and it's pretty much stapling on the name. I think the Japanese title... If you want to look this up real quick, Zach, I think it has a different different title. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> there's, that's the kind of the beginning of the more active kind of battle elements that are kind of introduced that was introduced in this game like when you jump as Mario if you if you time your jump just right you can do a double jump or you can you can attack multiple times and that's also there's also like with different move sets that you have with different characters like you can actually do control and imp- controller inputs and it'll make the move like stronger or it'll give it more I don't know it, it'll, it'll be rewarded for doing the different types of, of button inputs which yeah. I don't think hadn't really been done in any other RPG and even uh, in Carter just uh, not not to interrupt you, but just to confirm what you said, Shigeru Miyamoto did uh, produce and supervise it, so you're right about that. All right. Uh, the title it's not giving me a Japanese title. Oh, okay. I can't find it. Uh, well, I could I could find it, but I'm, I'm guessing it's a different. But I I might be wrong about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, who cares? <laughs> who gives a shit? I don't care. Yeah. I, 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 um, but something else that I think is worth mentioning about that particular RPG is how it was a bit more subversive about the RPG tropes in the types in the storytelling and how it was not as dire as other games were. Like this, as great as the storytelling is in Final Fantasy VI, and that for a lot about the story, it is fucking dire. Um, and Mario is just kind of about fun and jumping and like, wow, oh, well, oh no, the kingdom is being taken over by this giant thing or whatever i don't remember it's been yeah. later. but you know it's like there's a more lighthearted tone to it the music also kind of complements that as well there's all yeah. kind of like, like these side activities you can do that's just to kind of kind of keep keeping this light tone to it and then it does get more serious around the end but that's usually the same for other mario games it's like a, it's like a more light-hearted approach to the rpg yeah 
And uh, I mean, but there, I mean, there is conflict. Like, but like you said, I feel like every RPG gets incredibly dark near the end of its uh, of the game's life cycle. Essentially, like Final Fantasy, like uh, well, Final Fantasy is weird because it started out well, Final Fantasy VII to be exact. Yes, started out in this very dark, derelict, very steampunky industrial town. That's right. And then you go out into the open world, and everything's sunny. You end up, and then you end up at Gold Saucer, which is like Las Vegas. And then you, and then at the end. <laughs> And then at the end of the game, everything gets there's a giant fucking meteor coming after you, and, just, Holy and everything, shit. yeah, everything goes dark. And like, have you haven't beaten that? You've played no Final Fantasy at all. Oh my god! <laughs> Here, let me just tell you the exact plot without you playing it. <laughs> okay. No, but uh, so I like. I, I think that's uh, an aspect that uh, it kind of married, but it did keep the lightheartedness of Mario because it's Mario. I mean, it's yeah. lighthearted, and and uh, I, I think. Uh, that it was a good game, and 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 speaking like and like I said, I didn't expect it to be good. Uh, yeah. And speaking of RPGs, uh, and I, I can't believe I didn't bring this up earlier. Okay. Uh, the a game, a game that was surprisingly a well put together RPG as far as combat system and as far as like story goes and as yeah. far as far as gameplay and character goes, South Park: The Stick of Truth. Oh my God! Oh yes. Right? Yes. Like, so, like I was, I played that game, and I was about forty-five minutes to an hour and a half in, and I kind of like say to myself, and Christina is sitting there watching me play it, and I'm like, "This is a really well-made game." Yes, that's <laughs> like the, the the biggest. I mean, this game goes delayed, like like Breath of the Wild was delayed, delayed, delayed. Um, hmm. the, the developer kind of had like a negative reputation of always having buggy games. I think they made uh, Fallout New Vegas. Oh yeah, and it's, yeah, that I think game is did. notorious for a lot of bugs and glitches. Somehow this game was glitch-free. <laughs> oh god, but it was really good, and it was hysterical. And okay, so I'm pretty desensitized to uh, most everything. Okay, yeah, uh, I, me sort of too. Yeah, I will. I it was I, a different I can, time. I, I mean, I, I I've worked in restaurants my for 15 years. I've I. You've heard everything. I've heard everything. I've done everything. I've seen all like I, I, the humor and like restaurant people have like some of the worst, crudest humor you'll ever meet. <laughs> uh, there's one fight in the like that you like. I think it's when you uh, when you give Randy Marsh a. Uh, I don't want to say it on your podcast, but for the sake of it, I'm just going to call it a schmish motion. Uh, oh yes, uh, yes. Even then, like, and then all of a sudden a. Uh, a uh, giant zombie Hitler fetus comes out, yes. and uh, and I'm like, I had to like after that the Randy Marsh thing, and after seeing that, I, was, I put like the controller down, and I was like, I'm out. Uh, I'm, sit <laughs> down for, I'm not gonna play for a bit. Uh, I, I need a minute. I just need a, I need a day away yeah. from this game. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I'm super desensitized to that stuff, but it was just it got to the point where that game just got out of control. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that game in particular. I mean, I think I, I think South Park has been able to get away with this for many, many years because people just know, oh, it's South Park. That's what South Park does. So it's the one game where you bring back Nazis, um, but because you're gonna, it's Nazi zombies, but it's like Nazis. It's somehow like, <laughs> and the fucking yeah. Nazis, they can, the, the zombies can also take over other characters and then the characters this they fucking voice clips of hitler yeah it's just a voiceover of hitler and it's it, it, and 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 in light of not to like date the podcast but in light of recent events like some horrible things have happened in recent right. events yes that's the, that portrayal of nazis is still funny to me <laughs> yeah no because you get to bit the shit out of 
Nazis. I think that's why it's still that at least oh, yeah. that idea holds up, and it's like it's very clear that there's there's no set there's no satirizing of Nazis. Like the Nazis are evil in the game. That that's yeah. that's very very clear. Um, that is one of the funniest games I've ever played. Um, I think my brother and I we we played it. Um, I think first we played it across like we somehow streamed it like not like on Twitch. No, I think it, he maybe it was on Twitch and then I watched it, but it was like from Skype because then I could do. Com- I don't know how we did this. This is like <laughs> my early days of college, but I think it wasn't public for anyone. I think it was just for us. Somehow we streamed the game. We were able to play it, to, to kind of sort of play it together. He was playing it, but I was watching him play it. And then I think then we when I when I came back for winter break um, or summer, then we played it. Then we finished it. Um, at the same time, and uh, oh, God, I cannot wait for the fractured butthole. <laughs> the fractured is, butthole, <laughs> which is the sequel about superheroes. Um, that's going to be fun too. That also got delayed, though, didn't it? It did. It did. But uh, it, it's it's all right. I'm a patient dude. I have plenty of games. Uh, let's see. Yeah, but a good thing to mention about that game is that it takes a lot of from the art, the Mario RPGs that has the same kind of like controller input kind of moveset kind of thing like if you don't do the, con- the right controller input then you, the move won't work or it won't be as strong so it took that and, it, and the element of like walking from one place to another place uh is very much inspired from by earthbound they did specifically reference earthbound as an inspiration and we will get to earthbound I, I i want to i definitely want to talk about earthbound but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little i bit. never pl- i never played earthbound that is so sad i really need to get on that i think is that gonna be in the SNS classic uh, maybe not um, right know, now, I think out. the only way you can play it legally is either on the 3DS or the Wii U. Oh, yeah? Oh. I think so, yeah. Oh, I have a Wii U. Maybe so. it is on the SNS Classic. It might be on the SNS Classic, actually. You know what? Let me look that up real quick. While I... Um, actually, you know what? I, I my phone's right here. Never mind. No, I, I, Zach, you can look it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll look it up. I'm on my computer. Okay. Uh, um, is Earthbound on the SNS Classic? Yes. Um, while Zach looks that up, let's go ahead and jump into the game um, that I've been alluding to during this whole podcast. Um, Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, which <clears throat> is a sequel to the N64 game Paper Mario. Um, and mm-hmm. for a long time, I've heard, um, I've heard lots of high praise for it. I've heard, especially because the Paper Mario games have kind of taken a different direction. Um, I haven't played Color Splash. I heard that one actually was pretty fun, though. Uh, Sticker Star, I've heard nothing but terrible things about um, people kind of yearning back to Thousand Year Door, saying, "Oh my God, I loved Thousand Year Door. It was like the the the, the best of all the the Paper Mario RPGs." And uh, I played it recently because I remember remember in. Okay, we have a whole list now. Uh, let's I found check a list. It out. And yes, Earthbound is going to be on the SNS Classic. Bambi, there fantastic. We go. Um, yep. and as well as Super Mario RPG, and uh, there's another RPG here, I think. Well, not uh, Secret, Secret of Mana, is on there. But that's, yeah, yeah, Final Super Mana. Yep. Yeah. And you get Mega Man X, too. Holy crap, oh, that's awesome. Oh, damn. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Damn, uh, son! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so I played this game recently. Sorry, guys. I, no, I interrupted you with this no, giant No, 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 list. no, you're good, you're good. I'm trying to, I'm trying to collect my thoughts, because I think I thought I was going to do a mini-episode on it, but I felt like this was probably a more better... Because you haven't, you have, you've never played this game, but have you played the original Paper Mario for N64? Yeah, I played that. Like, the game was fun. But yeah. I have, but I've never, but like it, I mean, I didn't own it. Like I, that was definitely a situation where I went to a friend's house and he had it and, yeah. uh, and I played it. Like I didn't really start collecting things until, uh, I'd say college. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I like, 
Yeah, I I, I played Paper Mario 64, and it was fucking fun. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, um, um, also worth mentioning about Paper Mario before we jump back into the sequel is that that game actually came out really late in the N64s. I think it came out, I think, I think it did come out in 2001. I think the same year that the GameCube was supposed to come out. So that was a game that, that wasn't really much attention given to it. It looked kind of too cutesy for some people, but then people played it and it's like, oh, no, that's actually really fun. And then Paper mm-hmm. Mario Thousand Year Door expanded on the original game in many great ways. For one thing, unlike in Paper Mario, when you would eventually unlock the ability that would let you be able to, like, if you timed your buttons, your, your, your button presses correctly, then you could actually, like, take less damage from enemy attacks, or you could, like, double the amount of damage you do with your regular attacks or something like that. Rather than getting the ability, I think, like, a fourth of the way into Paper Mario, or at least a tenth of the way, you have that immediately. Which I think is just why was that even a thing you had to unlock later in the game? Because Paper Mario in the beginning, um, the first one is kind of tricky, and you could there's a lot more chances to die. But then once you finally have the, the action commands, I think that's what it's called, then you then th- there's less of a chance for you to die, and you'll be able to actually defend yourself a bit more. Um, but right, okay, so um, I won't really talk too much about the story, even though I mean it's a Mario game. You probably predict what the story is going to be. Sure, there's stars involved. It's something like that, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, in that game, actually, it's crystal stars. I know. I, I fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Princess Peach gets kidnapped. Um, yep, again. But, uh, again. <laughs> um, but she gets picked up and she gets picked up and kidnapped so many, many times, she should have handles <laughs> at this point. Pretty much, yes. Um, but in this game, Mario, um, Princess Peach tells Mario that there's this treasure on this island, and then it, and Mario goes to this town called Rogueport to find out what this treasure is. And um, then there's a bunch of twists and stuff that happens with between characters that I don't know something some that are kind of interesting, um, some that are kind of predictable. Um, but more, let's, more importantly, is the gameplay. And the gameplay of Paper Mario is solid. The battle system is a lot of fun. It does expand on what it did on the original Paper Mario, but there's a lot more opportunities for. Or like really crazy like button input kind of things like 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 hitting the LNR triggers like repeatedly for certain attacks or even this interesting thing about like star power um, if you have a certain amount of star power you can do these special abilities like you can regain health you can you can you can increase your 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 attack or defense or you can do like the slightly like screen killing move that can kill all enemy could kill all the enemies um, yeah and the way you get star power is that if you do tricks while you're doing an attack. Then the audience, uh, oh my god, there's actually a lot of stuff I gotta explain about this. So you have an audience. <laughs> so every battle, sorry, let me start off everybody. So every battle starts and it's on the stage, kind of like, like, you know, how it was in Super Mario Bros. 3. It's like the whole game is a stage play. Ah. Um, and as you level, oh, good, good. Twist. No, no, I was, I was, I was like, I was like, ooh, I was agreeing with you. I was like, ah, it's a stage. It was a okay. twist. <laughs> I thought you said you, you wanted, you wanted, you wanted to jump in and say I'm something. like waving my, I'm like raising my hand. Can I? No. No. Here, can, I, can I say, uh, okay, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so every battle is on the stage and so things that you could expect to happen is like you get heckled or people can throw ab- objects at you and you have to press the button at the right time and you can attack that audience member so that they won't attack you back or I, wish I, was e- I wish I could do that on stage <laughs> you probably would get in trouble if, if you did that unless you had an agreement saying if you do this I will attack you or I will punch you or I will, I will attack you with a hammer it's a note for the future <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so so you're performing for an audience basically, and every attack you do is meant to kind of if you do the the uh, the attack correctly, you'll you'll engage the audience, and by engaging the audience, you'll get star power. 
And there's even a move called appeal that's part of your regular defenses. Like you can attack, you can defend, or you can appeal. And by appealing, you can get star power so you can do those special moves I mentioned earlier. So all that is solid. All that is fun. That's all great and fun. Here's my problem with Paper Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, which I think is something that either I suck at the game or it is a legitimate issue that people block out of their memory when they they think fondly on the game. And it is a fun game. And it has a Nintendo polish. The story is actually pretty fun. The character interactions are fun. Depending on what character you have, it changes the dialogue or what they say. So a lot of work went into it. And it's like a game that has some impressive localization for a game that came out in 2004. Yeah. But here's my problem with here's my biggest problem with the game. And this is something that I kind of did block out of my memory. Because the first area is fun. You just go left and right. You're just going from left to right. And you're just going to this castle. And then eventually you find the thing to get the other thing. And that's all fun. Then you get to the second area, and it's and it's an area where you're supposed to these these little creatures called punies, and eventually you get collect enough of an army of punies, and then you can do stuff. But it requires a lot of backtracking, and sometimes you maybe you'll be low on health, and there's be a lot of enemies that just fucking charge at you that mm-hmm. you won't be ready to attack, or you won't be ready to, to confront them. So you'll just have to just go through that battle. You just have to run away. And that gets really irritating. And then there's even in some areas when there's so there's like five enemies on screen and you just have to choose to fight all of them or just choose to run away from all of them. And that goes on slows down your pacing. You just kind of feel like, oh God, Scott, no, no, not again, no, no. And you just Scott. I mean, and, and, and and that's something that uh that that's kind of a throwback to the uh the issue that I have with like real time bat like uh with random encounter battles sometimes. If it, if it ever gets to the point of like, oh Christ, I have to fight these guys, or oh damn, I have to do this in a game. I mean, what's the point of having it built that way? Right. Uh, and and I, there's just certain aspects of like RPGs that, while they are still my favorite genre, uh, that it, it, it's little things like that that just it's time consuming. You know, yeah. it, it just it's time consuming for the sake of being time consuming, and it gets to the point of like. It's like okay, I'm almost to the, I'm almost to the part, and then yeah. oh god, now I got to fight these guys before I can get to the awesome yeah. stuff that Cloud's about to do or Mario's yeah. about to do. You know, and I I don't know it, it, and I understand your beef with that. Like that would that would piss me off too, personally. Yeah, and, and it's also some areas that are more egregious than others. There's some areas that's really cool that they actually kind of they're like a subversion of the RPG thing. Like even though you have the battles, and I kind of really don't want to give this away, but I guess this is kind of like a 13 year old game. There's an area where you actually like you're thrown into this like this fighting thing or not like fighting game exactly, but like this gauntlet. But it's like a gauntlet where every time you beat your opponent or whatever, you can heal. So it's not like it's not like it's yeah. punishing you for doing the gauntlet. But it's kind of like but there's also this kind of this fucked up story about how the fighters are kind of being paid less or, you know, like there's some fighters that are disappearing and you're trying to figure out who was doing that. And then it's like there's, there's some weirdo emailing you trying to give you clues as to what the hell's going on. And it's great. No, that's when the game can be subversive about tropes. It can be really fun. But then there's parts like this. And this is the most egregious one of all of them. And even other people watching the Grumps play Thousand Year Door, they mentioned, oh, no, they're going through this and this is going to suck. There's this there's a section where there's this jackass called Dupless. Um, and you're actually not supposed <laughs> to know that that's kind of the. The whole thing is that he's like Rumpelstiltskin. If you can guess his name, then you defeat him or you, you know, whatever. Um, but the the trick to this this chapter is that you can spell out his name, except that one of the letters of his name is missing. So then you eventually you uh-huh. have to, even though you can, you, you know, you can 
if you even if you know his name ahead of time, you still have to find that letter. That's fine. What's not fine though is some of the instances when there is no indication really from what the characters have told you or anything like that of where Duplass is now or what you're supposed to do next. And you just kind of have to guess, oh, do I have to go back to the castle now? And it's like, oh, God, I have to go back to the castle. Fine, all right. And sometimes it's kind of obvious, like, oh, I haven't been in this area. Fine, I'll go back to the castle. But then it's like, you go back to the castle in this chapter like five times. And there's one time when he's like, oh, I figured out his name. Great. Oh, fuck, he ran back to the castle. I have to go back to the castle again to fight him one more <laughs> time? And there's a lot of instances of that more egregious examples that happen in later chapters when it's like I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over again and this, the, the shine of this game is starting to start to wear on me or like the I polish mean, of it is starting to become well, and, less and, polished and, and I feel like well I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of RPGs fall victim to that especially longer ones yes um, definitely you know it, it, it gets to a point where like come on you know and yeah uh, Secret of Mana for me kind of crossed into that mode a little bit near the end of it. But uh, what made Secret of Mana fun for me and nostalgic for me personally, it was okay that it did that because I was doing it with my friend. That's if right, sitting, yes. Yeah, if you're sitting alone in a room doing this to, with nothing but your Mountain Dew and your cat sitting next to you, <laughs> then it would probably piss me off. It'd be like, what the... What? what yeah. What's the deal with the castle? Why do they have a raging erection over the castle? <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, and I will and I said it at the beginning of the podcast. And I'll say it again. That's <laughs> something Chrono Trigger doesn't do. <laughs> no, Chrono Trigger does not do that. I, it, it's, I heard some arguments about it being overrated, but I say bye to those arguments. Well, not really. Those are those are interesting opinions to hear because it's a different perspective. But damn it, I've never enjoyed an RPG more than Chrono Trigger. Um, yeah. So just some final thoughts on Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. I think the writing is definitely some of the best in any Nintendo game, especially for you know really long RPG. The battles, the battles are fun, and I didn't mind those annoying battles, even though I had to do a lot of them. Um, grinding isn't really an issue; it's just more of the backtracking, like the unnecessary plot-specific backtracking that you might have to do in some areas. That's just really tedious, and it's just kind of takes a little bit of the magic away from the game. But then yeah. it's all worth it for the very last chapter. That things get fucking dark in the last chapter in ways I never would have anticipated from a Paper Mario I'm game. I might have to play this. It's definitely worth it, but I do have to warn you about those bad checking moments. You will definitely know when they're happening. And if you want to DM me for advice or stuff like that, I um, uh, probably will. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I, I mean, can help what, you out with that. What you're saying is like akin to like what Ego Raptor said about uh, Ocarina of Time. It's like, oh, you want me to go to Death Mount? Okay, then I'm going to go here. Okay, then I'm going to go get the mask for this. Okay. Okay, okay, then I, but this, but for this one, it seems like, okay, now I'm going to go back to the castle. Okay, going to leave the castle. Okay, going to go back to the castle. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's just what I kind of read off of it. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, so. I, I think so. And I think that's the biggest problem with it. It's a very, it's a bloated, it's unfortunately a bloated RPG. Not that bloated, but you definitely feel, you feel the time when it feels like I really wish I could just get to the next plot thing already. And it just makes, it just makes it really disappointing that it's not a game that, like I would have a higher recommendation for it because I would recommend it, but I don't. It's not like a high recommendation. It's like if you enjoy RPGs, you'll enjoy this one, but be be wary of those moments when you'll be like, "Oh my god, when is this going to be over?" It are is. You... Abs- it's definitely worth it for the last chapter, though, and some chapters in between that are subversive about RPGs. It's definitely worth it for those. Um, before we go into Pokemon, because uh, yes. I do have a lot to say about Pokemon, actually, because uh, right, I love right. Pokemon. I uh, right. I played all the generations. I love them all. Uh, but uh, before we go into that, uh, 
you're playing through, uh, me and you are both playing through I Am Setsuna right now. That's correct, yes. Yeah, uh, and uh, I'm about, I want to say 30% or 40% done. I can't remember exactly where, and uh, here's the beef that I have, why I can't remember. Okay, uh, all right. <laughs> the combat system's fun. Yeah. The game, the game score, the music is awesome. It's all strictly done on piano. That's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, none of the characters are... Re- remarkable or rememberable to me <laughs> and yeah. none of the towns are it, like it feels even even like the even the uh the 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 npcs walking around they don't have names like jeff or joe or or this it's legitimately their names are round-faced man yes well-toned boy girl with warts on head <laughs> <laughs> so the game itself like i think i like i probably give it a six out of ten from where i'm at i'm going to finish it yeah, and I want to hear your opinion about this game too. Uh, but uh, it's it's just missing something, and I, and I, feel, I think I, I know feel what you mean. Yeah, it's it's trying to capture that spirit of old JRPGs, but I think it's just falling a little too short. Like there's just no, it, it's just like a it's like somebody took a generic cookie cutter RPG, like a template, yeah, threw it out there and gave it none of its individuality in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think about it? I personally think that everything that you're saying is absolutely right. And one thing I noticed about it, which I didn't notice as much about Chrono Trigger, and it's unfortunate that it has to be compared to that, but it is very much based on Chrono Trigger. They have the time, ba- the the active time, oh Jesus Christ, the active battle system. Active battle system, yeah, is very similar to Chrono Trigger's. So unfortunately, those comparisons have to happen. Something I noticed about this game, and something that definitely, now that I'm I'm clicking with you on this. When you say that every, the, the, the areas look very generic and there's nothing that really stands out, is and I think that's unfortunately I think part of what they were going for, but I don't think it worked out exactly because the whole the whole game takes place in like this snowy um, area and it's supposed to be like a kind of a dreary area. It's very yeah. melancholy. It's supposed to set a certain type of tone, but unfortunately that doesn't work in terms of memorableness because I think there was I think I took a break from it. Uh, well, I took a break from it again, but I'll probably I'll probably pick it up again because I am close to beating it. Um, but then I like I, I started it up. It's like, oh wait, what was I supposed to be doing again? Am I going the right way? And then eventually I just somehow found the right way and I was able to continue my story. But I think my problem with it actually is that it's very linear. Yeah. There isn't really... You can experiment with the types of attacks you can do. And I, the, and, and this game is a bit interesting because you can buy the abilities based on the materials that you get from the, the, the enemies you defeat. And then based on those abilities... You can actually, if you have the right abilities equipped for your particular character, you can actually do the double moves or the triple moves. And I still have not fucking figured out what is the, what move will give me a triple move, because I've only ever been able to do double moves. Yeah. That's a little, that's a little annoying, but I guess it kind of makes it a little interesting, because then they do, then you can kind of customize how you play the game, and then the battles go a certain way, depending on what you're looking for, or depending on how, what your playstyle is. So that's actually pretty fascinating. I think I like that. That's what I really like about the game, I, I think. Personally, though, um, I think you're right about the te- the templates of the characters are definitely not there. There was the sequence. I don't know if you've made it to this. Have you made it to a ruin, a ruin-ish kind of area yet? No, not well. I mean, I I, I made it to like a dilapidated. I, I got uh, what's the here's the I don't even fucking remember yeah, I know, his name. I know. What what's guy with giant swords name? <laughs> I well, my brother called him dumbass. Yeah, the dumbass. <laughs> uh, I got him. And uh, we just uh, we just went to the city. I, I just got out of the city where the emperor's son 
sacri- well, sacrificed him with the magic and the crystal. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I got a pass. I'm, I'm right around there. Yeah, little. I'm, I'm probably about an hour after that. Right. So okay. So because you haven't seen this particular moment, I can't talk about it specifically. But I think that's what that's where I got more invested in the characters. I think because it was a situation that reminded me of my own life in some way. Oh, good. So you and identified it, with the game a little bit. I did, I did. And it, and it, you haven't gotten this moment yet. Not to say that you'll also have that effect. I definitely agree that there's... There's definitely... There's definitely it, it definitely feels like it tries to reach the heights of Chrono Trigger, but it doesn't quite get there. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm looking forward to them, because they're the developers... I, I believe the developers are Tokyo RPG Factory. They're making a sequel called... Oh, what is it called? I am not Setsuna. <laughs> not that one, no. I, I, I am I Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Over, I think it's Eversphere, I think it's what it's called. And it's going to be on the Switch, I think, first, and then maybe on other systems. Oh, sweet. Or maybe they're developing specifically for Switch. Um, I think they're going to try to take what the criticism and that they've gotten from about I Am Setsuna, and they're going to make this game... They're going to, I think they're going to enhance the battle system and it's going to be, inter- that's, they're going to try to make that more interesting. And I think it already all looks like a more colorful game than I Am Setsuna looks like. Um... So I think they're, they're, they are aware of the shortcomings of that game. I did, I did enjoy it, though, and I'll... I mean, unfortunately, I guess I wish I had finished it so I could say more about how it ends, but Zach hasn't made it there either, so maybe it's better that it... <laughs> wait, wait, we didn't really... I don't know. Um, I, agree with, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying, and I got that feeling while I was playing it, but I think also the novelty of playing like a game that you know was on PC or on consoles and then just like having my Switch and just playing it on my bed, I think also that's kind of something special for me. Just being able, I think that was the first game I started playing more heavily with the awesome portableness of the Switch. So maybe there might be a little bit of not nostalgia, but just novelty attached to the game that I, maybe if I played it on PC, I wouldn't have had that. Gotcha. I mean, and 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 here here's the thing. Like I I got to give it to them because it, it, it's a fun game. Like it is fun. It's just it's it's just missing that little bit. But uh, like yeah. they, they put together a really playable, fun game. Like I I, agree. I do enjoy playing it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm going to go back and beat it and keep playing it if I didn't believe what I said. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, one, okay. And, uh, um, I, I think it, just based off of how I know how me and you get and how we talk, uh, <laughs> uh I want to bring up one more game before we get to Pokemon, if that's okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hyperlight Drifter. Yes. Yes. Uh, so... Hyperlight Drifter, uh, like I, I'm playing through it. I, I, I'm still playing through it. Like I, I brought it up uh, in previous podcasts with you. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. I brought it up with uh, pre- previous uh, podcasts, and uh, we were talking about text boxes and everything. Uh, how like uh, they give you all the exposition through text boxes, boxes, and you're just like, yeah, you're reading. But yeah. uh, there's one thing I have to appreciate about Hyperlight Drifter is that um, there's no uh, text boxes. It's all done through uh, artwork and visual, uh, like the text boxes are pictures that they show you. Yes. And it tells the story, and it kind of leaves it up to you and your imagination. Like, I think that is super creative and just super awesome. And uh, the game itself plays a lot like Link to the Past mixed with Diablo. Yes. So, uh, like, you get the volume of enemies, like a ton of enemies on screen, but uh, and, and the movement, and you get like an awesome movement scheme in the combat system, and you actually feel skilled fighting these guys. That's right. Uh, it's hands down probably one of my favorite indie games, other than Shovel Knight. No offense, Hyperlight, but Shovel Knight is my favorite <laughs> indie game. Uh, like, it's probably like it's a close second of my favorite indie game developed right now. It's super awesome. If you haven't played it, I recommend go downloading it. It's like fifteen bucks. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. 
worth it. And it kind of kind of goes into that example of how the RPG genre is like a lot of games are taking from not taking from it, but like you know the elements about it. Um, you know, in this game, I guess the collectibles, are, I guess, is kind of actually kind of in tandem with improving the character's abilities. And eventually, you can get like better types of slash attacks or combination of slash attacks. You get the dash that can make the game so much easier <laughs> in terms of yeah. like the tactical abilities. Um, that and those are kind of elements of just leveling up the character, making the character stronger. That wouldn't have happened with it had it not been for RPGs. So, mm-hmm. Well, and this I, I recommend high recommend, recommendation for me. Yeah, like highly recommend it. But uh, anyway, uh, great game. Go, yes. go buy it. Go rent it or buy it and just play it. But anyway, we need to move on to Pokemon, right? That's right. Yes. We've been talking about we're, that we're going to talk about it for about an hour and a half now. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> I did uh, bring it up. So now we, we, we should mention it or I would be a liar to my audience. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, what generation did you start with? I started with generation two. So my first, so gold and silver. Ah, uh, that's how you make a fucking sequel. That is such a good yes. sequel. Yes. Yeah, I, I started with Red and Blue. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go back to nostalgia for a second. I bought the games. <laughs> I, I bought the games because I saw the anime first. Uh, I remember I, think, I was... Yeah, yeah, maybe that was how I also got into this them. Well, I was sick. I, I, was a, I, I got sick. And so my mom had to keep me home from school. So I got to watch uh, cartoons for the first time. Yeah. And, like ever on a school day and Pokemon <laughs> was on and uh, it was the episode where uh, all the where Misty gets hypnotized and they're thinking she's a seal <laughs> uh, the, yeah it's, it's, it's I'm like trying to remember that it's been so long it's like, it's like season one but I fell in love with the anime after that and then uh, started watching the anime then begged my mom to buy me a Game Boy and then got the and so I started with Gen 1 yeah and went through all the rumors with like uh, with uh Mew three and 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 you can get <laughs> Mew by moving the truck over there. Yeah, and yeah. They corrupted my data with missing number. <laughs> so, yes. But uh, no, it, like and, and I, I think that uh, uh, took a traditional RPG elements from like Final Fantasy, like we brought up, and then uh, they uh, essentially made their own version of Bitcoin in a way. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And they, and it, they gave value to to each one of your digital monsters that you had to to the Pokemon, so people would want this and this. And then it, it was it was a money grabbing genius ploy, like yes, such a genius ploy. Absolutely was. Yeah, like I remember, like with Red and Blue, there's like three or four Pokemon you couldn't get unless you had a friend 
who had a link cable, but then you had to go buy the link cable unless you wanted all, unless you were like me and didn't have any friends and you had to buy another cartridge and then you had to buy another <laughs> Game Boy and buy, you know, it's just like. Yes, yes. In that sense, it was kind of diabolical. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's actually, re- nowadays it's really cool. Like uh, they have the Pokemon Get Bank, which you can now trade with yourself individually. That's right. Yes. Uh, it, like it, I, uh, the uh, I, I feel like the company's gotten a little less. Uh, gotta buy them all. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Well, and I mean, more... there's fucking 700 of these fuckers to cats. This is how would you ever, unless you're really dedicated, like the completionist, you would not. You're not gonna catch all these oh, fucking I'm, Pokemon. No. And then, well, they had Ruby and Sapphire that made it impossible to catch them all in that one. Yeah. It was imp- Yeah, couldn't get some of them, and it was like bullshit. So, but. Uh, I personally love the franchise still. I'm excited for the Pokemon game, which is being developed on the Switch right now. Oh my god! I... Ah! Uh, it's coming out next year! How the fuck... How is that even possible? Oh, there's so much we don't know about it. We don't... It's like... it's they saying it's the next generation. But... Yeah. Is it going to be? Is it is it online capable? Can you, yeah! Yeah. Like, can you, like... Is it open world? Is it... What is it? it like, I don't know. And so we, but like... Yeah, it, it's. I'm excited for it. Like, I blew I'm super my fucking excited. mind with the last E3. Uh, we got a lot of big, big hitters. Uh, Metro Prime Four was also one of them, but like that was, I think, the biggest announcement because like that is Nintendo saying, okay, there's been rumors about this, and people have been guessing that this is probably going to happen. But I think the Switch is going to replace the 3DS or the, the DS line of portable systems. I think it, I think the Switch is the end of those types of systems even oh. though i they, they keep announcing stuff but i'm the pokemon confirms that if they're making a new pokemon for switch it's the end of the 3ds it's the end of that i don't know i don't know what do you what do you think maybe i'm oh no i agree with you 100 percent. like the minute i got my switch my 4ds has been where is it i don't even know where it is right now oh. uh, i it, it's it, it my ds hasn't gotten any love ever since i got my switch and uh and i love my ds my ds was one of my favorite purchases i ever made and uh i played the shit out of it and uh, but the uh, the handheld market, it, like people have been saying for a long time, the handheld market is a dying market, especially with like mobile games coming out and right. everything. Yeah. Uh, but Nintendo, instead of letting the market die, I feel like they took the market and changed it to the way they like while still having a console. Yeah. That makes, yeah. And they Nintendo said, oh no, it'll die when we say it will die. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like they yeah. took it and suspended it in animation, and I think that's really cool. Like. Thank you, Nintendo, for being so innovative. Yeah, so. I, I, man, uh, there's a lot of potential. I did play the 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 original 3D RPGs. I think it was Pokemon. Oh my God, Pokemon Coliseum for GameCube. Yeah. I did play yeah, that, that, and that Coliseum was, was great. That was that was pretty fun. I, I I didn't finish it. I think I think it's because it wasn't a game I owned. It was a game I rented. So that's actually there was a, there's a time limit to, unless you rent the game a lot of times. Um, but. That was probably a step in the right direction. It, it didn't feel as memorable as the generation, the current generation of Pokemon games, but I think it would probably be similar to you know, the games that we've been getting. Like, it'll probably be pretty similar to Sun and Moon. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but I guess for those people who don't know, <laughs> or who, who maybe are not maybe not familiar with with Pokemon, how it connects to RPGs, and how it's kind of interesting in that way of how we're people that don't like grinding in RPGs, but yet Pokemon grinding is fine. And I think it has come with what you said before. It is about like seeing the character you have growing, um, growing up, kind of like an evolving, getting better move sets. So I think it kind of minimizes the Pokemon. reality of the Pokemon grinding. But yeah, it is it, there. 
Yeah, and Pokemon does something. I still have my, uh, I have like my second blue cartridge laying around somewhere with the original team that I have. And I've wow. been meeting, yeah, like from when I was 11. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have a Game Boy. So even if I put it in, it's, the file's probably corrupted by now. But, oh, uh, but uh, it, it, there's something very nostalgic about booting up your old games and be like, oh, yeah, my Venusaur, this, or this, uh, like, yeah, I I actually got to a point where I found myself connecting with these digital little fucks, <laughs> and uh, like I, I I gave them names and everything, and gave them temperaments and everything, and it got to the point where I'm like, I'm 28 years old. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Yeah. I think anyone who grew up with Pokemon, especially now, interesting to see like the success of Pokemon Go and Sun and Moon coming by, and then Ultra Sun and Moon coming out pretty soon. There, uh, that's always going to be like something that's. That attachment to the to your fictional characters, to your 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 party. Um, it's it's just uh it's it's just something. I don't know. Uh, it's 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 for me it's pure nostalgia. I think so. Yeah, but like, it, it is good to see though that how you know the grinding stuff that I was complaining about earlier. They've definitely streamlined that in future games. They've streamlined um, how the the EV and IVs, which I'm not even gonna fucking explain because I don't even get that shit at all. They've actually have streamlined that in the later Pokemon games. So even things that used to be kind of a, a like a, like, like even battles a- themselves, like battles feel a lot faster in the newer games, and they definitely slog a little bit in the older ones. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I, I never was an Eevee. Like, I, like, I love Pokemon, but I never got into the EV training. Yeah, like, no, I don't. I don't even know. I only know of it, but I've never even. I don't. I people, didn't even start with that. People really are really into it, though, and it's yeah. like, whatever. So Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. There. <laughs> Send that to you. <laughs> For those who don't know, I just got an image from Zach. Uh, it's, 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 it's Pikachu, but holding a AR-15? Assault rifle? Yeah. I don't it's know. I don't, it's a gun. It is. And it says, in Soviet Russia, Pikachu catches you. Only if you collude with me. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta collude them all. <laughs> oh yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think it's. I think you're right about the nostalgia. That's definitely a part of it. But I do appreciate how they Sun and Moon was like like the most drastic change of the Pokemon formula. Oh yeah. And yeah. I do appreciate that they're at least cognizant enough of okay, we can definitely have some of the parts that have worked for us, but we can definitely change it up a little bit and keep making things interesting. And I and hope they cool. they bring that into the Switch version. I really hope they do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, a Pokemon game is a Pokemon game. But the uh, Sun and Moon was actually quite different, and that was a delight. Yeah. Uh, I actually felt more like the rival in the game than I did the protagonist. Oh, really? I f- yeah. Like I, like, I felt like uh, the kid who follows you around, and you keep kicking his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think his name is Hal in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I felt like the Gary Oak of the game, because it's like... He's always one step behind you. You always arrive first. Ah. <laughs> you you are the Gary Oak of the game. You're you're the guy who's saying smell you later. <laughs> to wow. Him. Yeah, fun fun fact, right? Weird to think about. Yeah, no, I'm sure they press a thought. What if what if we make you the asshole this time? What if you're actually more aware of the fact that you're the asshole? Yeah, what if you're just a dick and then like you have a harem of cheerleaders behind you in a car and, and... <laughs> Uh, that's unfortunate that was never in the game, so that disappointed me when I played, like, the original uh, Red and Blue or one of them, and it's like, where are the cheerleaders? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but God, they had day and night cycles in Red and Gold and Silver. Oh, so yes. Cool. Yes, that's so weird for me, because I'm just complaining about how slow battles were in the earlier ones. 
but I still can play gold and silver like as though it, and I think that is definitely nostalgia there. I can still play it like oh, yeah. emulator or anything like that just like like it was brand new. Although I did get the 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 remake um uh hard gold and soul silver I got those. And I love those, but I can still jump back to the game the Game Boy Color one like it was still like 2001. It's unbelievable. Jeez. I want to I want to play I got to play Pokémon. I I actually I got to play Sun and Moon. So I haven't I'm almost done with it. I haven't beaten it yet, so. Oh nice. Yeah, so I'll probably go back and play that today. Very cool. I got to give my DS some love <laughs> <laughs> before I put it on the shelf forever. Uh God, I, I'm just trying to think is there any other like a uh, game that I've really played? I guess I mean we haven't talked about it. Yep. Uh, but mainly cuz we talked about it for four and a half hours on our last podcast. <laughs> That's Z- right. Zelda, I mean, that's There's an RPG. Been... Well, in, yeah, that's an RPG. Yeah, well, it's a role-playing game, but it's like, uh, yeah. it's it, it's not like a traditional format. Yeah, I that's mean, true. That's true. In a way, I, I don't know. Let's not talk about Zelda because we talked about. Like, go check. <laughs> in fact, if you want to hear about Zelda, go talk, listen to the four-hour. I think it was episode sixty-seven, sixty-one, 66? and sixty-two. 61 and 62. God, yes. you've done so many episodes. You've done like seven episodes since we did that one. Yes. Almost. Yes, actually. Yeah. You've Some been a busy little bee. Uh, yeah. Uh, I played Xenogears. Did you ever I play that one? I won the prize because I've heard Xenoblade is kind of in the same tradition, but it's different. I've, I, what, what, what do you know about Xenogears? I mean, I played through it. I almost beat it, but then... Then, uh, like, as, as something happened, either my PlayStation broke or I just got I got ADD and I just stopped playing it. it was, <laughs> it's a really, really dark game. Like, it is, it, it's like, it's it's a JRPG, but they have two combat, they have two combat forms. You're either fighting, mark, like, standard martial arts outside of your mech, or yeah. you go into your, your, your gears and you fight. And so the combat system changes, and it's super fun, and the plot is fantastic. And you see boobs at the end, I hear. And uh, okay, well, it's gonna be polygonal. No, it's animated. It's animated. Oh, boobs. An- oh, oh, no, that's that animated boobs. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, no, I remember really enjoying it, and the characters are awesome, and uh, there's a lot of fun, cool moments in it. And I actually really should get a copy of it and play through it again because I really am ashamed I didn't beat it. Go buy another RPG, folks. Go buy it. <laughs> Very expensive um, nowadays. Yeah. Oh, oh man, is that one of the rare? PlayStation games? Mm-hmm. It's pretty expensive. I think it's like, I think I saw it at our rare game shop or our old game shop for like 80 bucks, something Damn. like that. Wow. Chrono Trigger cartridge is 260 with the box and everything. Jesus Christ. Without the box, you're looking at it. What about Chrono Cross? Isn't that the more rare game because that's not really available anywhere? Uh, Chrono Cross, it is very rare. Uh, I found a copy of it. Um, but I think it's like they wanted like I don't I can't remember what they wanted. It was too much for me to afford at the time. Damn. Actually, no, it's on eBay for twelve bucks. Roller <laughs> Cross? Yeah, it's on eBay right here. Oh, holy shit! Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Twelve bucks. Twelve bucks. Pick it up if you can. This is probably seventy-five here. Ooh. <laughs> this is probably outdated by the time this, this episode comes out. Um, let's finish with one final one final Nintendo series. Um, one that means a lot to me personally, but um, that you haven't actually played. You, so you haven't you haven't played Earthbound. No, I haven't, and I'm very saddened by that. <laughs> <laughs> have um, Have you played any of the games in the Mother series, Mother One, Two, or Three? No, I I, I really haven't. That's uh, uh, but you've played it. 
I, I played, um, I've never played the first Mother, I think. No, I think people have said don't play that one because it's really hard. I played, I played Earthbound, and then I actually finished Mother 3 pretty recently, actually. Um, and I recorded a Minnesota about it, which hopefully by the time this comes out, it'll be out. If I have my shit together, maybe that'll, Minnesota will be out. Um, um, but, um, the Mother series is interesting because, um, because it's, it's like Japanese developers kind of interpreting American, uh, pop culture. Mm-hmm. So you see things that are kind of recognizable, like you see the suburban kind of households or these, these little towns that have hotels and <laughs> you can go to a pizza shop, but buy a pizza, but the pizzas are like this stupidly expensive, like. You can get like a small pizza for eighteen dollars in game money, and then like a large pizza for like one hundred sixty nine dollars or something. That, so- that sounds about right. That's Crazy how we are. Like that. Um, well, this is more specifically talking about Earthbound. Uh-huh. <laughs> Zach just sent me a link to the, to, to an eBay link to the Super Nintendo. Um, no, no, I just want like it, it, like for you don't have to click on it now. It's just uh, if you click on it now, it'll take you to the eBay page. For a copy of Chrono Trigger, three hundred fifty dollars in the box with everything. Jesus in it. Christ! Yeah, that's I love as much my as, game. That's but as I, much as my Switch. I don't love so, it that much. I di- I didn't even pre-order the collector's edition of Sonic Mania. Like I knew I would love that game, but I didn't even I didn't even go that far. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't get it. I, I just downloaded the game. So. Yeah, me, me too. I, I downloaded it at midnight. Like as soon as the clock went eleven fifty nine, twelve o'clock, I'm buying it now. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even wait. <laughs> but anyway, I yeah. Um, so Earthbound. Earthbound, um, sorry, I distracted you with more Chrono Trigger. You're good, you're good. Um, what people really remember about Earthbound is kind of like I was talking about with Paper Mario, um, the type of characters, like how it's kind of like a subversion of RPG tropes. It's like similar, collect, go to these areas, collect these sounds, and then eventually, you know, the final area will open up and then you save the world and that kind of thing. But, but there's like, there's like more subversive kind of commentary from the characters and the NPCs you talk to in this game than in other ones. Characters that are aware of that they're in a game, but you don't really kind of get you don't really get like an, an impression of what the, your your party is like. You don't really they don't ever talk actually. Well, mm-hmm. you Ness doesn't talk, but I yeah. think um, Paula, Jeff, and I think his name actually is Pooh. You're the fourth, the fourth <laughs> party member is Pooh. Uh, <laughs> they they do talk, so you get some idea of their personalities, but you don't know what the real know what the main character is kind of feeling or thinking. So that kind of makes you like an avatar um, for that character or kind of everything that he experiences, you kind of experience in real time. Not quite like that. Because this is we're also talking about Super Nintendo games, so, you know, the limitations with the graphic style and all that kind of thing. But that's kind of what I felt, though, that I felt like I was experiencing this game as that character. And so there isn't really that personal element like in Chrono Trigger with Chrono as you pretty, you're pretty aware of what Chrono's personality is like because he does, he does talk in the game, right? Chrono, no, Chrono is a silent protagonist. Never mind, he's silent. My bad, my bad. Let me... I'll, I'll edit that out. I won't actually edit that out. So it's funny. It's okay. Um, I made that mistake. Sorry. But, yeah. So Ness is the silent protagonist. <laughs> um, well, that's kind of weird. No, that's kind of weird that he is a silent protagonist because in his Smash Brothers, he uh He does he have a, a voice. voice. Yes. So I'm sure, like, I, I, like anybody who's a big Earthbound fan um, must have been a little weirded out to hear him talk. Yeah, and, and it's like, <laughs> like his... Most of the things he just kind of says are like the Hwah! or like um, PK Thunder, PK, <laughs> PK Rush, PK, F- yeah, yeah, PK um, Rush. <laughs> um, so you, again, you don't really. I mean, you get yeah. kind of some some idea of his personality. Um, more like in the Smash Brothers games, uh, strangely enough, but like in Earthbound, he's he is the silent protagonist, but 
there's so many weird things that happen in Earthbound that I think that's really what makes it a special game because there hasn't really been a game since Undertale, I think. Um, and I think Lisa is another game that came out, another indie game that is a more darker kind of Earthbound. Uh, I haven't actually played it yet, but I'll probably play it for a, and talk about it for a minisode in the future. But there wasn't really a game that was so subversive about the genre and that was just so weird in terms of like you can battle hippies, you can battle people that are definitely <laughs> sexual predators. You can tell from their sprite style and what they <laughs> how they interact it's like this is a creepy person the sexual predator like has his hand down his pants and he's like hey, hey, well, it's hey, not hey, quite hey. like that but you can definitely tell this guy was arrested for something there's and, like a band in the background that says free candy on it or something <laughs> like that not quite like that but there's definitely something like that you can attack you can fight like taxis that come to life or you can attack like abstract art just, it's just such a weird game but not like in that like we're just going to throw weirdness at you, and it's just going to be weird for the sake of being weird. No, the, there's like a kind of a purpose to the weirdness, because there's kind of like this conspiracy that's going on, and I'm trying not to say or spoil too much about the game since you haven't played yeah, it, and Zach. I, well, and I will be playing it eventually, uh, and because uh, I, I, I intend to, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no problem. Um, there's kind of this weird conspiracy that's going on, and it's like this underlying creepiness. Like, even though it's a game that I think when it was released, it was a K to A game. When it was finally eventually released on the Wii U um, virtual console, it was giving the T rating, and I thought, wait, why was it a T rating? It's like cutesy sprites, and then you realize, oh no, there's like fucked up shit all over this game. That oh, like, really? if, if you were a kid, you would be you would be legitimately like, I don't play this game anymore. No, 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 this is too much. This is too much. And that's what that's kind of like something that's masterful about the game. Um, I'll, I, I haven't I even talked about the battle system yet, though, and I think that is one of my biggest problems with the game. But um, what I do think is really well done about it is kind of like the contrast of this cutesy aesthetic with fucked up ideas about cults and about, um, you know, about, not nostalgia, but more like childhood perversion. Um, and, really... and, and, and I don't quite mean like that in a very Yeah, morbid... I get it. Yeah, it, it, like, I, I'm going to have to agree with you because, like, well, and I've always, and I just want to add on to it, like, I want, not to interrupt, but... No, go ahead. I, 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 I want to add in to how much I agree with you because I'm always a, f- a huge fan of that kind of juxtaposition. Uh, it's why people have it, – it's why people like dark comedy. You know, yes. it, it's it's dark, but it's funny, you know, or it's, it's like – it's kind of like uh, the juxtaposition of it is like, oh, I love how hokey everything is, but there's some fucked up shit going on. Yes, <laughs> and, no, absolutely. And that's funny. <laughs> to me, it is. Like, I, I find humor in moments like that. It's like it, – there's a musical out there called uh, Assassins. Uh, it's one of my uh, what well, you know. I'll, I'll use a more example that people know. Uh, Sweeney Todd. You know, yeah, the movie, yeah. Sweeney Todd. There's a. It, it's a uh, morbid musical about where Sweeney and Mrs. Lovett kill people and turn them into meat pies, and they're yeah. singing and having a ball, and it's all about killing these people, <laughs> and it, and it's funny. <laughs> so like. No, I just wanted to add on about how much I agree with that and how cool I think that is, you know. Yeah, and I think it's pretty daring, especially in a game like this, where you just kind of see this unassuming, and that's probably why it didn't sell as well, not because of that aesthetic, but because of there is no right way of marketing this game, and it it caught on, and it has this cult status because of the people who actually played it. Because when it came out, it just has this... Starman is one of the enemies you can fight eventually in the game, but it's on the cover, and it's, like, it's just it's Earthbound, and it's like, what is this game about? You can look at the back and maybe get an idea of what it is, but then there's nothing else. Um, so when you get into it, you start it up, it's just everything about it is just incredibly bizarre, but really funny. 
and then it gets bizarre and terrifying in legitimate ways when i think there's a boss battle um you'll know it when you if you do ever play this game um that fucked with my brain um in a very sincere kind of way and it and it was something i wasn't anticipating it was like i think i saw footage of the boss battle ahead of time but i wasn't prepared for like actually doing the boss battle and it, it really took me by surprise uh well i mean one thing i do love about earthbound like i well i mean never played it just to remind like i mean the game itself it, it looks right. crude and it looks very pixelated especially right. for the what it was on but uh satoru awada actually saved that game's life that's right yes like, uh, development was going, like, really sour. Like, I watched uh, the recent... Well, after Satoru Iwata died, I watched the uh, Did You Know Gaming uh, bit on him. And I learned that, yeah, like, development was going awful for it. Like, the game was not coming together. And he uh, essentially came in and saved the damn game, essentially. Yeah. Uh, we should... Oh, we should do it. Oh, we should do a podcast about that guy. <laughs> oh, man. I, I've done a Minnesota about him, but there's definitely a lot more we could say about him. I, well, we, we I, can I, just do it. We'll, we'll, we'll negotiate that uh, um, when we're done. And we'll figure after out what we're done, yeah. We need to negotiate to figure out what we're doing next. So. That's right. <laughs> um, no, no, absolutely. Um, that's, uh, that's, what, I I guess also, that's what kind of also makes the game nostalgic for me is I remember, oh, man, this man saved it and, um, and then was able to eventually... Oh, sorry. I haven't even talked about the battle system yet. Okay, so battle system. All right, go, go, go to the battle, battle system. system. Okay. Battle system. All right, so here's my, only problem with, here's my only problem with the game, and I think it is a big problem with JRPGs of its kind. Although this is even more exas- exacerbated, though, because, the ba- because when you're doing a battle, it's just a flat picture of the enemy you're fighting, and the menu's on the bottom, uh, the bottom, like that. Uh-huh. Um, but then, like, kind of this changing background, which is kind of colorful and nice, but... There's no real visual flair to it, and then when you attack the enemy, it just... I mean, Flashes. You, what? Just flashes? Yeah, it kind of just flashes. Like, if you do, like, a regular attack, it just flashes. If you do, like, some like, the PK fire or the or the special PK move, which you can name it whatever you want. I, I think I always call it PK film. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like a special move that only Ness can do. It does animations for that, but really, it's... The look of it is kind of flat. The battle system looks kind of flat, and there isn't really... But there's also the auto battle option, which is just fucking bizarre. But it's there if you want it. <laughs> if you just get bored and you don't want to do it yourself, you have you can do the auto battle option. But yeah, I think there's definitely an issue with grinding. I think there's a, there's some there's a few times when it feels like there's a boss you encounter, and rather than like in any other RPG where you can kind of heal yourself, or well, I think I think one of your characters can't heal, but like they take out way more damage than you anticipate. Or it's like, there's the regular encounters and then you're good, or that you'll, you'll get the upgraded equipment that you need and then your, your defense goes up and then you're good. But then there's like battles, there's boss battles, it's like, oh my god, they took out 75% of my health and I'm almost fucked already. That just catch you by surprise and it seemed really, really unfair. And that is a symptom of pretty much of every, of all the mother games, I think. I think even when you feel like you have a lot of control over your characters... Those boss yeah. battles feel like there's the only really truly unfair thing about the whole the whole game is just you feel you feel like the game's like working against you or is like you can prepare as much as you can. Well, if you grind enough, then you'll you're fine. But then you'll just get thrown off by a by a boss that like yeah or like there's those, those like really dickish attacks where it does like twice the damage and there's no way for you to defend it or you don't have the abilities so you can deflect those abilities and then you're just like you're fucked. Um. I know that, and I, I mentioned earlier, uh, I know that earlier, uh, Maester Seymour on the Ronso Ma- Mountain, 
That's right. I think it's Ronso Man. I think it's called the Ronso. I might be saying that wrong. Uh, but uh, he would cast Zombie on your entire cast, so on your entire team, so t- essentially turning him uh, uh, undead. And then he would cast, uh, like, Kiraga All on all of you. So you're instead of healing you, you it now hurts you because you're weak against holy magic now. And it just oh wipes your God. team out. Yeah. So like it got to the point I was just like, nah! <laughs> I didn't I didn't go back to that game for at least two years. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Earthbound has that same problem because at the end of the day it is a game. It's not just an experience. I mean it's part of it and that's what makes it special, but that is definitely the thing that makes it age the most. And um, Mother 3 is a game that has never been localized in the United States. So the game so unfortunately, the only way to play it with English localization is in, through emulation. That's the only way you can play it. Arg. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, the, it's the only option. They haven't localized it. They probably have it ready. They just have it. Uh, but whatever. There's probably other reasons that I can't really go into because I just don't know. I don't know what Nintendo's thinking. But they, I wonder if it's, it's on Steam. Maybe not. I don't other know. Th- Maybe no, it's, may- it's a Nintendo game. It definitely would not be on Steam. Oh. I'm oh. pretty pretty sure of that. Um. But Mother 3 has that similar problem, like, even though there's more, a bit more um, diversity in terms of not just the characters, but, like, and their personalities, but in terms of um, what your character, what the, the characters can do, there's still that issue of, oh, there's one, there's just one boss that just does the, like, the party cleaning attack, and then you're fucked, and it's like, what, the, what did I do, or what can I do, and, eh, unfortunately, that, that still happens in Mother 3. I do think Mother 3 is a better game, um, in terms of story... Actually, no, no, I disagree with that. <laughs> Never mind. Um, I think I'm aping someone else's review of the game. I, I prefer Earthbound, and I think a lot Mother Three apes a lot from Earthbound, but I think it, it it has its own interesting identity about it, which does make it special for me. And then, of course, um, without spoiling too much, there's there's a relation, there's a there's like a story between brothers, and I have a brother, so of course that got to me too. Um, oh, cool. But that's without saying too much about it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately. I'm talking about a game that no one can really play unless, yes, you do go out and emulate it. And that's the only option, unfortunately. And you're talking um, about Mother, right? Not Earthbound. Mother 3. Earthbound Mother is, 3. like I said, it's on Wii U and 3DS, but Mother 3 has never been localized to the United States. Maybe they'll finally localize it for Switch. I don't know. They, they, Nintendo's, they joked, Nintendo's joked about it. They've joked about, I think it was this Robot Chicken-esque sketch um, during one of their E3 pr- presentations. And I think someone asked, what about Mother 3? And then Reggie gets a fire flower and burns the person who asked the question. So they know about Mother 3. They're, it's not like it's not a mystery. They just, I don't know what, why they've taken so long to localize it. I'm going to lo- I, I'm gonna have to look up that robot chicken thing up. That's, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, um, so that's my experience with the Mother series. I, have, I, I do have a lot more to say about Mother 3, but um, Zach, I think you, I, I don't know. You might enjoy it for its quirkiness, but I definitely think you should be aware of grinding might be something you might have to come upon. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I played my fair share of games. Like, I, like, if I, like, believe me, I'm not going to wig out if I have to grind for a second. You know, it, it's it's no big deal to me. It's like, I, it's just something I just don't, I, I, I don't really care for too much. So yeah. it's just like, whatever. Uh, but, like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna make the game, it's not gonna make me hate the game, you know? It's, yeah, yeah, I get that. So, but uh, it's just something I'd prefer not to have to do in games, so. I wouldn't, but, I would prefer not to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, I mean, because fucking work, you know, and that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If I yeah. wanted to go to work, I'd just go to work. I get paid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, Zach, I guess we're. No, we're at time. Last, yeah, we're out of time. Um, 
I mean, I guess the moral of the story is Chrono Trigger is the game I would recommend if you want to try an RPG. <laughs> Should name this episode like Zach just won't shut up about Chrono Trigger. <laughs> or Zach's raging erection over Chrono Trigger. I'm going to or... go with the first one because the second one won't get me as, in as much trouble with iTunes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, I think some people have put fuck in their titles before, but I don't know. I don't, I don't wanna... uh, you don't want to deal with it, yeah. Nah, I'll just, I'll go with the first one. That's pretty funny. Zach has a raging half chub for Chrono Trigger. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, Zach, thanks. Uh, okay, pretty sure this is the sixth time you've been on the show. Yeah, it's probably like the tenth, but <laughs> maybe <laughs> the number will just keep going up. <laughs> uh, no, no. Th- uh, hey, Arlo, thanks for having me again. I really you know, like. I I have fun coming on, and I love chatting with you. And and uh, it really it makes me feel special. Oh. So special. Um, love you too, Zach. I love you. Love you too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was a bit of a, definitely more of a spacing between recordings. Um, but um, I'll definitely have a lot more time now. Um, if you ever want to, I mean, you will, you will, not you will come back, but you have to come back. But I mean, we'll, we'll probably. No, I'll up. come back. I'll, I'll, I'll always come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks a lot for taking your time. Uh, we didn't talk quite for as long as we did last time, but. Uh, Hey, three hours. About three, three hours. hours. That's, that's something. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, I don't know if the episode will be three hours long. It'll probably be two hours, maybe one hour, one hour forty-five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good episode, though. Yeah. No, I, I, this is fun. I definitely brought up a lot of games that I don't personally know all that much about. I'm sorry, Zach. I I will play Final Fantasy VI eventually. I will. I will. No, I no. It's, it's like I gotta. I like if. Uh, do you have Steam? I do have Steam. Yes. I yeah. I mean, you can. Like, I mean, you're gonna get the NES Classic eventually, but uh, Final Fantasy VI, uh, they have a good, a nice little reskin remake of it oh, cool. on Steam. That's actually really, it's it's quite gorgeous. So I don't know. All right, check it out yeah, if you want to. It, it's it was only like six bucks, I think, on Steam. That's, so that's not too much. I can probably, I can probably deal mm-hmm. with that. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Zach, uh, where um, other than well, I mean, where else on the internet can people find you? Uh. X X X slash butts slash dot X X X www slash triple X X slash butts. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you can find my. Uh, you can find our uh, YouTube channel, the Digiwuts D I G I W T S. So just uh, YouTube.com slash Digiwuts. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Digiwuts. You can find my personal Twitter, uh, which is ZDiggity, Z-D-I-G-G-I-D-Y. And you can even follow me on Instagram if you want as well. And it's just ZDiggity as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, and I guess my Digiwuts recommendation this time uh, will be the Super Mario All-Stars playthrough. Um, that was the comeback of Digiwuts. It's after, been, yeah. After it was a, a long break. Um, I... I I don't think there's enough episodes for Sonic Mania for me to recommend it exactly, but I had, I did enjoy the first two episodes so far. Nice. Um, I think you did drop some trivia on Christina that I think we talked about in the Sonic episode. I don't remember what Wait, it was, though. But It, was, it like, was, uh... Oh, my God, what trivia did I drop on her? I dropped, uh... Something on her. Yeah. I, I, oh, uh, it was how, uh... I, well, I did tell her how uh, Sonic used to have, uh... He used to be green and have, like, fangs, and he had a girlfriend named uh, Madonna... And I told you her had the that. wrong name. I was I actually had the little inner critic saying, "No, you said like something like Chelsea or something like that." I think that. it was but Lola. Madonna I said. is the actual girlfriend that they proposed for. The, was it? Was the Sega of Japan or Sega of America that came up with this idea? It was uh, Sega of Japan. Sega of America toned him down. Yeah, good, good. That would have been yeah. 
Oh uh, you, and you got to read that Console Wars book I told you about with Tom. Yes, about I will, absolutely. I will definitely check. There are a lot of great recommendations about that, so I'll definitely check that out. But the Super Mario All-Stars playthrough is a lot of fun. They're playing through. They're currently in Super Mario Brothers. Have you gotten past that yet? Uh, I have five. At, at the time of this episode, it's being recorded. I uh, have five episodes still on the back burner. Dustin is going to come in and record with me again this coming week. Nice. Uh, Christine and I started back up Skyrim, and then we started Sonic Mania. And then Christina is probably going to play some Dream Daddy in the next few days. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Yep, we have we have it uh, slated this uh, week on her next day off that uh, she's going to be playing Dream Daddy and I'm going to be watching and giving her awful advice. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I can't. I Oh, I can't. Oh, I actually can't wait for that. I will happily, happily anticipate those episodes. But yes, for now, uh, Super Mario RPG, ugh, Super Mario All-Stars. I recommend those episodes at the Duets. Those are fun. Thank you. Awesome. You're the man. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank you. You're the man. No, um, you demand. You demand. Yeah, you demand. With uh, my Jake the dog glass. <laughs> all right. Well, taking us out today is the EverQuest theme composed by Jay Barbo. As always, you can find our podcast at randomchatterings.weebly.com. You can find us on Twitter at our Twitter handle at FranchatPodcast. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, but Zach was bobbing his head left and right. He threw me off a little bit. You can email us at ranchatpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Blueberry, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, Podbay, CastBox, Podknife, CastCrunch, Overcast, Listen Notes, Pod Paradise, and Acast by searching Random Chatterings, a silly podcast from silly people. And our question of the week is, what is your favorite RPG? I mean, I know, it's Chrono Trigger. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it was no. I actually almost answered it, but that was the first time uh, I didn't actually answer it immediately after you asked it because I always thought you were asking me. Oh uh, yeah. I'm finally I'm finally learning the format of your show. Yay! So. It only took twenty episodes. Thank you. I would have said twenty. So uh, I guess I well since we did mention yours, what my favorite RPG man. Well, if I finished Chrono Trigger, I would say Chrono Trigger, but I guess for now I'll say Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga because I I loved Bowser's Inside Story as much as I played through it, but I haven't finished it, so I can't say that one. But Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga is top notch for me, and nice. I, I'm so happy they're making an RPG. They're making a remake for the 3DS. I don't have a 3DS currently, but maybe they'll put it to Switch. I don't know. You can well, you can find a 3DS for so cheap nowadays. That's true. So I'll, I think I found one on a. Uh... Just I was just on Craigslist. Dick, I was looking for like retro games, see if anybody was selling shit that they didn't know what they had. Yeah. And uh, somebody had 3DS for like 50 bucks XL, 3DS oh, XL. Oh shit! So look around locally and see what you can find, or or like game shops are selling them for pretty cheap too. So I will definitely look into that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks thanks again, Jack, for for being with me for three hours. Uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Thank
I did buy tickets to this anime film festival, which I did want to go to, but then it turns out this is film that's coming out. It's going to be... It's the, the North American release of this film, or I think you mean the world... I don't know if it's the worldwide or just the North American release of this film, is going to be exclusively at this film festival. So I, I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And then my brother said, buy tickets to that shit now or I will kill you. <laughs> and I told him, wait, but you're not even going to be there. I, I don't care. Someone has to go see it. And then, I, and then I'll call you a piece of shit for... You know, for getting to see this before I did. It's like, well, I don't win then. I don't see it and you kill me. Or I do see it and you're jealous of me. Like, what the fuck do you want me to do? So I ended up.